Hey, what's up, everybody? You're listening to the Bat Fans. Ah, see, I already <laughs> forgot our title. I was gonna say the Bat Fans without pants, socks that are picking two inch ways, but no, Wrong. it's Timmy Time and the Bat Fans Revolution. There we go. No, no, no. It's it's um Timmy Time and the Bat Fan Revolution. Oh, did I just say that? <laughs> no, you said Bat Fans Revolution. Uh, I said the plural. Okay. Yeah, sounds it's... plural too. <laughs> But we are part of the Batman Universe Podcast Network, and we are on episode 79, one away from the big 8-0. <laughs> Anything special happened at 79? I don't think so. I don't think anything yeah, special happens at 80 either. I think it's like you just wait to what your time Just wait to out. die? Yeah. <laughs> I didn't want to say it, but yeah. <laughs> you wake up every morning like, am I dead? Damn it, I'm still here. <laughs> Oh man, we have eighty, eighty-five. I mean, eighty. I think you could still be okay. But once you start hitting like eighty-five, close to ninety, is like, uh, especially it depends on your health. Like if you're right, right. still moving around and pretty much good health, and like yeah, you're not gonna worry about. It. But when it's like you're not in good health and you're that old, it's kind of like I wonder if you're just waiting for it to happen or. Yeah, I mean the only experience I have with that is. Um... My grandma, my great grandma, she lived till she was 104. Oh wow! And I remember going to see to to see her at the the nursing home and just being like, man, I really don't want to live that long because, I mean, it's like the only thing that's functioning is the heart, mm-hmm. and you know the brain's not functioning, and you know. It's almost kind of like, it's, what's it's, the point, really? Yeah, it's kind of like, what's the point? But yeah, I don't know. I mean, yeah, it's kind of sad. Yeah, we got this podcast off to a depressing start. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we did. Yes, we need to get more on a positive track right now. Right. So I guess we can go ahead and hopefully that will be the case when we do our Dark Knight Rises minute-by-minute minute commentary and stuff. We are stuff on and things. Stuff and things and what, situations. <laughs> <laughs> But we are on minute 33, almost at 35. Now I'm trying to think if we're see we had milestones our episode numbers, but if we're also doing milestones for our minute by minute commentary, if 35 would be a big enough milestone. But when I think about it, I'm like, nah, not really. I think minute 45 would be another big accomplishment. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was about to say. Yeah. 45 would be our our next celebration. Yeah, <laughs> it's kind of like the Olympics. It's like every four years. Yeah, <laughs> with this every 15 minutes or so, <laughs> something like that. But we still got about uh, 12 more minutes to get to 45, so we'll go ahead and get on with minute 33. So pop in your Blu-ray DVD player or DVD disc, your beta t- tape, your VHS tape, your laser disc projector, all that stuff that Dark Knight <laughs> Races is not on. <laughs> <laughs> and you can follow along with us in our minutes. Okay, you ready, Dean? Yes, I am. Okay, I'll give the countdown. Three, two, one, play. And we're in the middle of Miranda Tate talking to Bruce. Yeah, I mean, the, this was kind of like the this was like the 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 most boring scene, I'd say, it's because it's like, what are they talking about? <laughs> She's dropping a little hints of her connection to Rachel Gould being her daughter, his daughter. Yeah. But I'm not sure if everyone really picked up on that. I actually thought we would have been in the sequence a little bit longer. 
but we're ready up to his dance with Selena Kyle. Yeah, I thought her speech was longer. Yeah. But maybe we, maybe we caught it all on the last yeah last uh, commentary. But I think we should be on this dance for a little bit for a few episodes at least. Yeah, because the camera just goes round and round, and <laughs> Bruce and Selena. Okay, so what's better, this or the Batman Returns dance theme between them? Hmm. I'm gonna go with Batman Returns. It's more entertaining. Yeah. <laughs> With Selena Kyle has like gun <laughs> about saying he's gonna kill Max Shrek and then talk about mistletoe and discovering their identities. <laughs> but you see, the best the the best dance scene is um, when in uh, Batman '89 when Joker and his whole gang and Bob and everybody oh, yeah. <laughs> go to the art gallery and they play the yes. <laughs> play this print song in the boombox. Uh, I actually thought you were gonna say the Joker and Vicky Vale's dance at the end. Which no, is no. But yeah, that art uh, museum dance sequence was the best. Yeah. <laughs> Especially when you see that guy with the big boombox now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, by the way, um, I saw the movie Interstellar. Mm-hmm. And it's a really good movie. Really? I still haven't yeah. seen it yet. It's, I know it's coming out soon on Blu-ray, so. Yeah, well, it's on iTunes and I bought it because, you know, I just buy Christopher Nolan movies because I... You're just one of those guys that you trust is gonna yeah. gonna make a good movie, and I I bought it, and I didn't really know what to expect. I mean, it was a little long; it's on the longer side, but once they get into space and they go through the wormhole, then it gets really exciting. And I didn't know Matt Damon was in there in, oh, in really? that movie. I yeah. didn't know that either. <laughs> yeah, you, well, I just spoiled it for you, but well, I don't think it's a spoiler he, when there's an actor. Or you just say an actor's in a movie, but well, it's what he does okay. that really makes. It's surprising. Okay, I gotcha. <laughs> it's a good movie. I mean, I don't, I don't know why people didn't really like it. I know, because it didn't do big money. I mean, as big as let's say the uh, a Batman movie. Yeah, that's kind of to be expected too. But I don't think it did as good as Inception because Inception was a big hit. Yeah, yeah, and I think people expected an alert Incept- Inception, mm. but. I don't know. I mean, I thought it was a good movie. What would you rank it of... with his uh, like other non-Batman movies? Because hmm. I think my Let's favorite see. of his that's not Batman is The Prestige. Really? Yeah, I really like that. Mine one. is uh, Memento. Uh, maybe I'd put it like, okay, Memento, I'd say The Prestige, Inception, and then I would, then I would say Interstellar. Okay. Yeah. So it's above, what's this other one? Oh, Insomnia? I, I've never seen that one. Yeah, that one is good. Okay. But it's not as good as Interstellar or Inception. <laughs> so how long would you say they're in uh, space? Is this like the last 20 minutes or like the last hour or 45 minutes? Yeah, it's so like the last hour and 45 minutes they're in space. Oh, okay, that's longer it, than I thought it would be. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it's really hard to, I mean, I I really have to think about it because there's like, this thing where, let's see, how, how am I going to explain astrophysics on this podcast? <laughs> um, we'll have to like, start calling you Professor Dane. <laughs> they, they, go to, they go to this planet, and they're on this planet for like seven hours, I think it is, or four hours and 30-something minutes or something, and they only expected to be there for an hour. Um, but, yeah, so... One of those um, things where time travels faster... Yeah, yeah. Okay. 
yeah, like time travels faster when they're on that planet. So they, they go back to their, their spaceship mm-hmm. and they'd been gone for 23 years. <laughs> I it's like they, um, they, they go around the black hole. There's, like, there's this big black hole next to this planet and they go around it to gain momentum. And like something like 50 years passes. Okay. So I kind of figured that that might've been like the ending or it's, I know it's like typical Nolan. There was maybe not necessarily a twist, but something different about the ending that he usually does with his movies. I kind of figured that might yeah. be the case with this one. Yeah. And it's like the girl or Matthew McConaughey's daughter uh, is like an old lady at oh, the end. When he goes back and he's still young. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, but okay. Matthew McConaughey is the same age. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, it's a pretty, it's a really good movie, and I'd probably give it four out of five oh, nice stars. One. Yeah, it's it's a really good movie, and it's a little long though. I mean, especially like like on Earth when they're on Earth. Okay. And then, like they're trying to explain uh, things about the wormhole and these planets. Like trying and, to make it plausible for the audience type. Yeah, like, they're trying to explain it away, but I mean. It's like too much science. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's one of the like, criticisms I heard about it was like, oh, like it's not scientific and it's not plausible. It's like, yeah, it's, it's a movie still. Like, come on, you have to take some liberties if you want to tell the story. Yeah, to tell. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, after you watch the movie and you and then you go back and you you're, you realize, oh, that's why they said that. You know, back on Earth. Mm. You know. Gotcha. But yeah, it's a good movie. Cool. Yep. Probably end up checking it out like in a few weeks ago when it comes out on Blu-ray. But right. that's our Interstellar review for this episode. <laughs> <laughs> I bet you didn't think you'd get a Interstellar review on yeah. a Batman podcast, especially when it's been out uh, in the theaters for a few months now. It came out in November. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think so. It just shows you how much we do not go to the movies when it's not a superhero movie and soon to be Star Wars movies. <laughs> I mean, I don't mind going to the to the movie theater. But what I do mind is the other people there. Yes, yes. <laughs> that's, why, that's why I hate going to the movie theaters. I'm with you 100%. <laughs> uh, that's why you just got to, if at all possible, and you can afford it, build your own theater. <laughs> that would be the ultimate. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, I guess we could move from Interstellar back to Batman. And moving on to our future topic for this episode, a lot of big shakeups going on in DC Comics and they're pretty much their whole universe now. We had the dropping of the new 52 line and pretty much half of their books ending and getting new books and now some big changes are happening to the batman universe section of dc comics big status quo changes and in particular the batman title i think it was announced about a week or two ago where snyder and uh, capullo revealed the upcoming uh, after endgame and after dc's convergence in june batman 41 is going to launch with a brand new Batman and with a brand new suit, someone new, I don't want to say cape and cowl because it's not wearing a cape and cowl, but someone new under the armor, I guess I would say. And this uh, whole big mystery is what's going on now in the Batman universe in DC Comics. So going to be sharing our thoughts on that. And just right off the bat, when I saw this news and I saw the picture, it was like, it took me by surprise. Like, whoa, <laughs> this is pretty drastic. And I got to say, my initial reaction was, I'm not too sure about this, basically because 
not because it's a new suit and it looks different. While it's not my favorite design, I, it's something I'll have to wait as I read the stories and see it in action to form a full opinion about it. But right now, it's not my favorite bat suit design. It's a little bit too big, bulky, and I don't know about those ears. It looks <laughs> more like a rabbit to me than a bat ears. But I just the thing I really can't get past, and it all depends on the story, is that why is there a new Batman now? Why is someone else taking on the mantle of Batman and not Bruce Wayne? Seems like we just did that not too long ago with uh, Dick Grayson, and in my opinion, he's the only one who should take on the mantle of Batman. So I never had a problem with that. But when it's someone else, it's got to be a really good story and good reason for that to happen. And it's Alfred. That it might be possible. <laughs> it might be possible. I'm not gonna find out. That's the thing. This whole thing's a mystery. We gotta wait till Endgame ends to see what happens. Like it's gotta have a big ending to change the status quo and. The, all the Batman books. So, um, if anything, this announcement made me more excited for the final part of Endgame, which comes out soon. But, yeah, I, I, biggest thing I'm having a hard time moving past is just that there's someone new in this bat suit and calling himself Batman. And uh, the only thing that's reassuring to me is the creative team, Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo. And they've been knocking their stories out of the park almost with every arc. And sure, not every issue is as great as some of their best stuff, but for the most part, they've been on a really consistent run since they started so that's the thing that's given me uh, not too much cause for concern on it just yet because i i've they've proven themselves time and time again that i definitely gotta wait to read the story before i can fully judge it but i just i don't know i'm getting a sense of jean paul valley again in nightfall or night quest because um, there's, there haven't been too many dis, big descriptions as far as what the issue is going to be about because the solicitations for Batman, all it really says is that um, there's a new, the all new Batman makes his deb- debut. Who is he and what happens next? Find out here as a new era begins in Gotham City. So it's not giving you too many hints as to the reasoning for this new Batman. But some of the other stuff we see, like some cover images, it sounds like he's going to be out on his own. Like he's, I believe, like the Batgirl. Um, title or background number 41 that comes out in June is that um, it says that there's a new Batman in town and that spells bad news for Barbara Gordon. So it sounds like he's not going to be getting along with the other members of the Batman family. And that just kind of sounds too familiar to Jean-Paul Valley and what we saw in Nightfall and Night Quest and all that stuff where he was just pretty much out on his own and is causing trouble for the other Bat family members. So again, I'm a little skeptical right now. I'm not super excited for it because it's a big change, and it just sounds like something that they're just... I mean, no DC's trying to shake things up to get more people interested, but I don't know. It's got to be a good story to, for me to accept why there's a new Batman in there. And like I said, the positive side of it, Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo are doing it. So we'll have to wait and see, but what was your reaction to it, Dan, when you first saw that image in <laughs> that new Batsuit? I'm going to sound like a broken record here. Um... It's okay if you want to change the quote-unquote status quo or whatever. Um, and if anybody is going to do it, it's probably Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo. But with that said, your current universe, ever since you relaunched it, you know, for the new 52, uh, it, it lacks so much depth. And I know it's only been, what, three, two, three years now? I know it's only been a short time, but before you change up the status quo, you know, kick Bruce out of the Batman spot or whatever, and give him a new suit, 
that looks uh, I'm sort of iffy on it before you do all that you might want to add a little bit of depth to what you've started you know before you change up the status quo because I don't know I, I just don't feel that same connection with you know the the Scott Snyder sort of ran Batman universe new 52 Batman universe you know I just don't feel that connection that I did when or before the new 52 you know sure yeah and you know do whatever you want change it up you know put in a new Batman with a new suit but I don't know Tim I, I don't want to sound negative you know that's the thing I, I, I just don't want to sound too negative yeah I get what you're saying <laughs> me neither but at the same time, you don't want to be phonies and say, oh, just because it's Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo, we're automatically excited for it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I, I don't, I don't want to sound like I'm a salesman, you know? Mm. So, I mean, sure, like, the Joker stuff was good. The Riddler stuff was good. Endgame is good. Um, Court of Owls was, was good. But those stories don't really add anything, for me anyway, to the Batman mythos or the 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 universe it's it's not something that i can immediately identify with so i if i'm being honest to me it's a bad bad choice right now right now it is five years ten years in the future uh might be a might have been a better choice than right now you know yeah i can agree with that yeah, because like you said, the new 52 is barely only it's entering its fourth year right now, and already we're getting like a se- I don't want to say reboot, but a semi reorganizing of the whole DC line, like with any of the new 52 line and all that stuff in the new books, like I mentioned earlier. So, yeah, it doesn't seem like they build enough history, especially when in the beginning we've beaten this horse to death, where we keep saying they shouldn't have tried to have some of the old continuity in with the new continuity, and they should have just gone full on reboot. But so, yeah, it probably is a little too soon. I agree with that. But I don't know if anything, like I said, it's making me just more curious about what's going to happen in Endgame. And we're going to find out what the Joker, Scott Snyder said, is going to have a definitive ending to that story. We're going to get some answers. Maybe not every single thing, but for the most part, we're going to get answers. And he even said in interviews when he's talking about this that Endgame was supposed to be like his final story on his Batman run that was supposed to be it and if he was to do more he's going to do something radically different (laughs) something that's going to kind of make people shake their heads and wonder what's going on it's like what is this and so far from what we've seen that (laughs) seems to be the case so it's going to be interesting I mean I uh, see I don't want to accuse Snyder of not just doing this to shake things up because I just because he's all the stories he's told has been great and you know it's stuff he's really wanted to tell I just hope it's the same with this, where this is a story he really wants to tell and not just like something where DC says, you have to stay on the book. We need you here. And he goes, but yeah. I want to try this crazy thing. Okay, if, if I'm going to stay, I'm going to do something real crazy. I just hope it's something really passionate that he wants the story to be told and not just something for like shock value and just to keep him on the book for a little while longer. Right. But it, I mean, you know, I, I'm sure it'll, this story will be good. And I'm sure Scott Snyder will do a really, really good job with it. But it feels like too much too soon. Mm-hmm. And 
I'm afraid that it's just going to be another return of Bruce Wayne. Where yeah. it's like, okay, is Bruce back yet? No, he's not. I, I got to wait five more Grant Morrison issues <laughs> to, <laughs> to, um, to see Bruce back in the current day. You know, we've been through this already with Final Crisis. And if it is a new Batman, I mean, if, it, if it's a new person in the Batman suit, then I just hope they don't kill, him off, kill Bruce off. And then we... You know, people are gonna, people are just gonna be like, okay, when's Bruce coming back? Is he back yet? No, he's not back yet. You know, that's a real good point about the return of Bruce Wayne stuff because that's the last thing I want. Where we're gonna get another miniseries or more times that lead up to Bruce taking back the cow as Batman. Like you said, it's way too soon for that. I mean, let's face it, we know he's gonna come back again at some point. But let's not try right. to make it like a big deal where you have to like get the whole another comic series and all these other tie-ins just to lead up to that let's just have the story play out in the batman title because like you said it's way too soon for that we just experienced that with the return of bruce wayne so i really hope that is not the case with that but yeah it's a really good point about that trying to mirror that when we just had it just a few years ago so hopefully. yeah because return of bruce wayne started off good i mean well i thought it did but um yeah. I think for the most part it was good. I mean, some were better than others, but yeah. But then you you get to like that fourth issue, that fifth issue, and then it's like, okay, yeah, I can skip this. I'm uh, I'm just waiting for him to come back. Or yeah. If anything, just make it a one shot issue. Don't <laughs> make it like a five part <laughs> mini. <mid-season. laughs> right. But, um. I mean, you were joking earlier. At least I think you were joking about it being Alfred in that suit. But <laughs> yeah. Did you have any speculation as far as who it can be? Because I have a, one that maybe won't sound too crazy, but at the same time crazy. Uh, depending on end games, uh, since how end game ends, too many seeing the word end right there. But I could, I think it actually could be a villain in this suit, and we won't get that revealed till later. I mean, going crazy, my mind thinks, oh, what if it's actually the Joker in this? Like, depending on the way end game ends. That something happens where Batman's not going to be Batman anymore in some twisted way Joker is going to take on the mantle and be in this new suit and do whatever he's going to do with that. I mean, that sounds crazy, but I wouldn't be too surprised if they're really going to shake things up. Maybe it's going to be a villain in there. Maybe they're going to do like what Marvel did with Superior Spider-Man where Doc Ock was posing as Spider-Man. I mean, are they going to yeah. take a page out of that book? We'll see. But what's interesting about the suit, I mean, Corbin actually pointed this out on Twitter how when he was looking at the suit how it looks like it's like a upgraded police like robotic suit in a way it's blue and when you look on the back of his like uh backpack or whatever or energy pack that's there it has like the red and blue lights on there that could be when they're like flashing could be like police sirens and all that so it could wonder if it's something where this person's gonna act like a rogue cop or saying he's like or it is part of the gotham city (laughs) police department and like it's their official batman in, in a weird type of way so a lot of weird speculations you can make on this costume because we're just not too much to go on besides how it looks. Yeah, but you know, going back to that Joker thing that you mentioned, I hope they don't do that. I really don't because that's almost as bad as Return of Bruce Wayne. Now, I wonder too if if it's gonna. I mean, if they're trying to tie in in a similar way to Arkham Knight, kind of how that character is supposed to be a big mystery to the game for the game and. It's yeah, but, yeah, similar but I mean, to Batman, they're... and they're going to do something kind of similar to that in their comic yeah. line, so I don't know. Yeah. But they're going to change their whole Batman line just for the Arkham Knight game? Yeah, I know it sounds extreme, but in yeah. a weird way, just like, 
saying, oh, you know what, this can work out. I mean, not intentionally, but maybe just go, yeah, you know what, Arkham Knight's doing something like that. Maybe we can do something in our comic line where it's mirroring what they're doing there to have them kind of be in like, like, uh, have be in synergy with each other or something like that. I don't know. It's like I said, it all depends on who ends up being in the suit and how this person acts. Like, is he going to be like a real anti-hero? I mean, in that image, he has a big gun that's smoking like he fired a few rounds so is he going to be killing criminals and all that stuff and he looks like he has missile packs on his shoulders so how deadly is this character going to be and how good is he actually going to be yeah i i think we just need more information that's the thing we just need more information not a full spoiler but you know j- just a little bit more about this new bat suit um whoever's under the cowl you know yeah like we said, too, it's not only the Batman title that's getting a big change, but it's going to affect all the other books in the Batman universe and the DC comic line. I mean, most of the stuff, um, I would say Batgirl and Detective Comics are the ones that are dealing most with this new Batman. But I have to say, in the solicitations for Detective Comics, I do like where this story could be going, because it's saying that following the events of Endgame, get ready to ride with the GCPD in a whole new city. Harvey Bullock is leading a Bat Task Force, but what are his duties, and can he be trusted? What kind of welcome awaits his new partner, Renee Montoya? So, given that we have a new Batman, I guess he's not going to be the main character in all the Bat books. Detective Comics is mainly going to focus on Bullock and the Gotham City Police Department, which I think could be pretty cool. And just have them, for, I guess, maybe figure out if this character's identity is going to be a mystery to not only us, the audience, but the characters in the in the pages of the book, too. So are, are we all going to be in the dark as to who this new Batman is? And maybe in Detective Comics is where we're going to learn and find clues about who this guy is so apparently i mean he's not on the side of the the police part the police department like i said earlier because when i read this description it said harvey bullock is leading a bat task force so they're obviously out trying to get him and yeah see i'm just thinking of other possibilities that what it could be is it like the tat is the bat task force like that's the name of their group where the, that Batman is a part of it, or is Bullock actually going to try to capture that new Batman? So, yeah, I don't know. Like, he could be part of the police department, or he could not be. But, and also in the description, it's cool that Renee, not, Renee, I can't even talk, Renee Montoya is coming back as his partner. That's something we haven't seen in a long, long time with her being yeah. his partner. So, that should be pretty cool. So, Detective sounds cool. And then, like I said before, Batgirl looks like this new Batman's going to be hunting her down. And then the big other thing, too, is we got some information on the we are robin comic which we were kind of wondering what exactly this is going to be about and the description says that the teenagers of gotham city have adopted the r and made it their own a new robin no hundreds of new robins don't miss the start of this new series from rising star writer libra mayho so yeah this one rising star he's been around for a while now i guess as a writer maybe (laughs) yeah i guess so (laughs) This one I'm kind of mixed on too because we're all curious to see what it's going to be about and I don't know I just don't know if a book about a bunch of teenagers running around with the names like with Robin logos on them and seeing them stop like petty crimes like street thugs and stuff like that I don't know if that's going to stain sustain a book for a while with some intriguing stories I mean like I said we'll have to wait till I read the first issue to see where it goes but I don't know this one I'm not too excited about right now the only thing that I've kind of glad that they're doing is i believe the main character is uh the duke who got introduced in uh endgame or not endgame but zero year and then helped bat- batman out in endgame so i do like that that character is kind of be 
Queen brought to the forefront, kind of taking inspiration from his interactions he had with Batman. But I'm just not sure. I mean, if it's basically like him kind of working his way out, like not part of the Bat family, but trying to do his thing, I think that would be better. But I just have a hard time getting too excited about it. hundreds of Robins in here. So we'll see how this plays out. But apparently... I would say they're going to, this new Batman's going to come in contact with them or try to put an end to this uh, hundreds of Robins going around. So just another way that this new Batman is going to affect the status quo. So that's the thing. Damien's going to be out going on his own adventures in his new title, Robin, son of Batman, where I think it's says in description, he's going to be with that big monster on the cover. We saw a few weeks ago named uh, Goliath and, they're going to be doing their own thing so it doesn't sound like there is going to be a robin in gotham city so is this new batman in effect going to push damien way to do his own thing and then that's going to leave an absence in gotham city for robin so this is where all these hundreds of robins are going to come from it's looking that way and like i said we'll see how it all works out in the end but just the idea of like a bunch of like teenage kids running around as robins i don't know if that's (laughs) gonna pull i'm just curious how it's gonna pull off i'm just not sure it's gonna work in the end that's what people want a bunch of teenagers running around it's kind of reminding me of the whole uh gotham city imposter stuff <laughs> but instead mm. it's with robins now so we, or uh robin incorporated or something yeah <laughs> in a weird way but that's the thing like how much can they really get involved because they're just teenagers they're not going to be handling like these big threats that affect gotham city of course the main members of the bat family or whichever ones are left are going to be handling that so like what kind of stuff and stories are we going to get with these group of teenagers and is it going to shift between different kids each issue or is it mainly going to focus on duke and like a group of other kids that he has so i don't know remains to be seen but uh, again like you said dane hate to be sounding too negative but with just this whole new dc shakeout but just hasn't gotten me excited like the new 52 did when it first got announced just these storylines i mean the new design redesigns for superman and wonder woman not too keen on their new costumes and all that but i think the only one i'm really excited about is flash and green lantern green lantern's new shakeup sounds pretty cool and then flash uh, sounds some of this stuff with uh, like uh, professor zoom coming back looks pretty cool so i'm excited about those but like batman superman and wonder woman uh i'm just gonna have to wait and see once i actually read those comics to see if it's gonna work or not but i'm just not too excited right now hate to sound that <laughs> sound like the negative yeah. guy on here i don't want to sound like every other comic book fan who just hates everything but <laughs> i just can't help but feel this way right now yeah i'm right there with you tim and like i said it's too much too soon because i mean you're you're tr- you're trying to jump and you don't even have your footing yet you know yeah yeah, like, can I give the new 52 like five years before the shakeup? Like, here's why I wanted. Like, the new 52 lasts a while, establishes itself, or if it wasn't working, like, apparently it's not as much as they thought it they, as it would originally if they're doing the shakeup again. Just go back to the old continuity. <laughs> so they didn't do both. So they're kind of in this strange middle ground where they're get, we're getting a semi reboot, but not really a reboot, just a shakeup. But at the same time, it's the old continuity is still the old continuity and just going to be kind of a little marketing tease for the convergence line so yeah i don't know unfortunately i can't say i'm too excited about the future of dc comics right now but again we can't stay this i don't think we'll stay this way too long because as we know it's comics and things will be back to normal (laughs) with batman superman and their 
original costumes and Bruce back as Batman. It'll all be back to normal by the time Batman v Superman comes out. <laughs> I guarantee that. Because when that movie comes out, you're, they're going to want those three characters back to the way they were or showcasing how they're probably going to be more like in the movie in their traditional costumes and storylines, I would imagine anyway. So even though we might not be too excited for it now, there's no reason to get so upset, so upset we're saying oh, DC is ruined. I'm never going to read another comic of theirs again. Like DC and these characters are dead to me now. We don't want to go to that extreme because <laughs> you know it's going to go back to normal in a way. So it's just something we're going to have to deal with in the next year or so and just see where it goes. And hopefully we'll get some good stories out of it. Yeah, definitely. Let's keep cool minds or whatever. Yes. Even minds. And and just, you know, take it as it comes. And, you know, if, if it does suck, then, then we can be like, this ruined my childhood, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, not even. See, if you don't like it, don't buy it. That's the solution. <laughs> right, right. Like, don't buy it and don't keep complaining later on. Say, like, just stay away from it. And then when it comes back to the way you like it, then you can jump back on and say you're back into it. I don't think I could I could get to that point where I'm saying this ruined my childhood. Yeah, I'll, I'll <laughs> never say that. You will never hear me type or say those words ever. <laughs> but we're, I think, as I would say it's probably split for the most part, but there are some positive reactions for it. I mean, I took to Twitter and put out what some of our listeners think, and Mike responded saying that when I first read about this, I wasn't very excited. It just seems like more of the same event stories that have been in the New 52. But after reading Corbin's positive tweets about it, um, or positive tweets about RoboBat, I decided to give it a go with no reservations. Just hope that it will actually have ramifications and not be forgotten straight away. So yeah, I remember... Corbin has been <laughs> trying to calm me down when I was uh, putting my displeasure on the new costume changes on Twitter and just saying, like, you know, I got to have a positive outlook for it. Wait till you read the stories and see where it goes from there. And then we kind of agreed. Yeah, this isn't going to last forever. We know it's going to go back. So like we said, we could be not too excited for it, but no reason to be too negative on it. So but I think Mike's uh, he's having a better attitude than I have for it anyway, as far as having no reservations about it, because. Uh, no matter how much I'm going to have my trust in Snyder and Capullo about this new Batman, I still can't help but have some reservations for it until I read it. So, But I think it's going to be kind of split down the middle, like I said, and then, well, again, we'll just have to wait till we read the stories to form our opinion on it. But we're going to have to wait a while because we got to go through Convergence, <laughs> and then in June we'll get the first issues of all these new stories. So I don't know. I'm still I'm going to get some Convergence titles, mainly the Batman ones, but... Once I found out that nothing's really going to change from it, I kind of lost my excitement for it. And this kind of goes to what Mike was saying, how this sounds like it's just going to be like some like new stunt that they're doing in the new 52 that's not going to have any ramifications. So my excitement kind of waned a little bit on that. It's just going to be cool to see some of those, those classic like 90s versions of certain characters again. So uh, we got two months of that, and hopefully <laughs> it's going to be more quality than... Uh, non-quality issues that come out during that because that whole new uh, what five years later run that they did last September so that was <laughs> that was a mess <laughs> I think I only enjoyed like one or two issues in there I didn't even pick that up I mean I didn't even buy that yeah, good decision right there <laughs> now can you imagine if they did that five years later line and then they were doing a full reboot where none of those outcomes were going to matter anymore <laughs> and someone bought all those issues <laughs> Yeah, thinking that like this is gonna be the future, 
So I'm going to buy all of them so that I'm caught up. I know what's going on. And then they reboot the yeah. <laughs> 52. Yeah, actually wouldn't surprise me, but <laughs> thankfully they didn't do it. But yeah, that's our discussion on the new status quo for Batman and the other Batman books coming out. Should be interesting to say the least. But that's not the only <laughs> new Batman. Uh, uh, no, it's not a status quo change, but new Batman situation going on in the comics because we got some more information on the second year of Batman Eternal. And this one, Scott Snyder revealed that this is actually going to be more Robin-centric than Batman. And speaking of that as Robin, I think it's pretty safe to say we're going to see a lot of characters from We Are Robin be in this second year of Batman Eternal. So I think the reason for this is that it's the 75th year, uh, it's or Robin's 75th anniversary, so they're going to want this story to focus on him. Instead, it's going to feature a lot of the Robins, like, old and new so we should probably see dick grayson tim drake or jason todd well i don't know if tim drake counts anymore as red robin but <laughs> we'll see if they have parts to play in it. it says one of the robins will be prominently featured in this story so we don't know who yet but i gotta be honest again sorry if i'm gonna sound negative but <laughs> i am not too excited for another year-long uh, batman story to go on because I don't think it's necessarily worked too well with Batman Eternal. I think it started off really good, and in the middle it hit some high points, but it's just really been dragging the last few months. It's just too long to tell a story. So I really don't know if I'm going to be picking this one up as the as a weekly story. I mean, if it's really good, maybe I'll get on a trade later on or digitally when like the prices drop a month later for it. But yeah, Batman Eternal, I kind of just waiting for that to end, end and I'm not <laughs> really too excited about it going through that all over again for more like filler issues and stuff that's just in there to fill the gaps for the year so well i think focusing on robins is cool but yeah i'm just not too excited for it right now just let it die tim <laughs> it's gonna have to die a year-long death <laughs> it's a painful uh, death man yeah it is <laughs> watch i'm gonna skip this one this is gonna be like the greatest like year run uh, comic story ever <laughs> it's the greatest thing since i don't know <laughs> batman was created yeah <laughs> the story i stay away from that's what i have to do if it's successful stay away from comics and they'll be good and i'll have to go back and read them <laughs> but the other big batman story that's been going on the last few weeks or so is a big controversial one where we had this joke the joker variant covers that are coming out in june i believe and the one for batgirl caused a big uproar amongst the comic and internet community oh so so this was what people were complaining about yeah did you see all those like tweets and stuff but yeah <laughs> not really yeah. Too sure. yeah when i saw this i mean you see people complaining about the cover and when i first saw it i was my initial reaction was oh man this is actually like a pretty cool tribute to the killing joke i mean joker looks like and how it was like he's terrifying Barbara and she looks scared yeah. as heck right there. It's like, yeah, that's what the Joker would do. I was kind of like, okay, it's from the killing joke. What, why is it such an, causing such an uproar right now? But then when I started looking more into it and seeing the reasons behind the complaints and why it should be uh, removed and a lot of people taking offense to it, kind of start seeing, okay, I can kind of get it now because for what reason though? The big reason was that the whole thing with the new, with creative team behind Batgirl, I mean, mm. it's more of like a, a fun, uh, comic to try to get young female readers into it 
And just the tone of this cover is like the total opposite of that. <laughs> I mean, if that's the demographic they're trying to go for with this book, I mean, this is really not the image you want those type of readers to see. And it kind of goes against everything that the new switch up with Batgirl is going for. I think even uh, the writer for Batgirl, uh, Cameron Stewart, right? He's a writer for it. Yeah. Um, he was saying like he wasn't too pleased with this cover when he saw it because it's just the total opposite of the direction they're going. I could see it. Yeah, this was like during the death of the family tie-ins where Gail Simone was writing it and <laughs> Batgirl had a lot of bleak uh, issues <laughs> and storylines there. It might have fit that better, but what they're going with now, yeah, it doesn't fit, especially in when they're making reference to the killing joke and what happens to her in that story. And maybe for younger fans who are not too familiar with that and <laughs> the, could kind of cause a shakeup, I would think. I mean, if you're a young kid, a young girl even, who looks at this comic, is this really something you'd want to pick up seeing the hero <laughs> looking that terrified with the gun pointed down there? It's like, uh. Yeah, but still, I mean, it's a variant. Oh, well, I guess people... Um, yeah, I've heard that argument, too. Yeah, it's just a yeah. variant, and they don't have to buy it. But I think just seeing it on the store shelves is like... It's just something you don't want to promote for Batgirl and what her story is right now. So, I mean... yeah. Raphael Albuquerque, who did the cover for it, you mean he did the he felt responsible for it, and he said, "Yeah, I mean, if I'm causing so many people like to get upset or I'm offending anybody, I think it's just best to have DC remove it and not sell it." So I think he kind of took the high road there and just say, "Just not even have it on there," instead of saying, "No, it's like my creative vision for it. I'm playing tribute to the Killing Joke. I mean, if you don't want it, don't buy it and all that." But he's understanding how sensitive of an issue it is for people so it's cool that he's doing it and cool that dc's abiding by it and not having it so all in all i guess um, i mean it's caused a shakeup that's for sure amongst fans but like in the end it's kind of serving the best for fans of batgirl and especially this new run who everyone said that they're really enjoying it so and those are the ones i think who are most outspoken for it so in the end i guess cooler heads prevailed but i will say just as a Joker image, I mean, it captures it perfectly. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. I mean, if, if you cut Bad Girl out of there, uh, yeah, that's a really, really good Joker. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I wonder, I mean, they're going to catch it in time, not to ship any out, but can you imagine, like, how rare of a collectible item if any of these covers did actually yeah. make it out there? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Imagine. But, I mean, I get it. I, I mean, if, if you're a little girl and, you know, Bad Girl's pretty much a the only person that you have in the Batman universe that you can really look up to. Yeah. Um, yeah, I can see how that can be traumatizing. <laughs> That's really bad, actually. Speaking of, like, only female characters in the Batman universe right now, I know Batwoman's ending. Have you? I know you haven't read it in a while, but have you seen the reviews for the last issue right now? No, why? It's getting awful reviews. Oh. It's like saying it's the worst way you can end it. And just like ever since G.H. Uh, Williams and Hayden Blackman left, it's like uh, <laughs> all downhill. See, I knew it. I yeah. knew when to jump off the boat and avoid dying yeah. or having my heart broken. Because that was their book. That was their book. Nobody else could do it. And I don't see why DC just didn't kill it right there. Right when you know they left. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't know why they even tried. To be honest, it was the best writing and the best art in the entire DC line, I would say. Um, and it's really sad that I had to die this slow death. You know, this this sort of like 
Uh, it's getting, uh, it's not as good as the J.H. Williams, uh, Hayden Blackman stuff. Uh, but I'm still on board. Okay, this sucks. And then, okay, this needs to go away. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I think one of the descriptions I read is that she turned into a vampire or something like that. Jeez. <laughs> yeah, and you see, if, if that was J.H. Williams and Hayden Blackman, or even Greg Rucka, I would say, they would find a way to balance that, the whole vampire thing or whatever. Because, I mean, even their uh, their uh, Wonder Woman stuff is kind of like, it's it's sort of mythology, but it's set in the real world, and they, they balance it out really well. So, I'm I'm glad they're cutting that they're they're cutting this book, and um, you know, just to preserve the legacy, what's left of it. Yeah, that's oh, what I was gonna say. One, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, I'm happy it's it's not gonna be on the shelves anymore. So there's no part of you that just wants to get that last issue just to see <laughs> how. No, it well, there's a part of me that wants to start a petition. And be like, I want uh, J.H. Williams and Greg Rucka or J.H. Williams and Hayden Blackman back on Batwoman. What's cool about Greg Rucka, he's going to be working on some Star Wars stuff. Oh, he is? Yeah, that whole like journey to Star Wars, The Force Awakens book line, it's like, consists of novels, like short or uh, young adult novels, comic books. So I think Greg yeah. Rucka is doing one of the Marvel comics. You know who needs to do a, a, a Star Wars comic? Alex Ross. Yeah. Wow. I know he doesn't do interiors anymore, but... I know, because when you see his cover, it's like... Oh. Yeah, yeah, his covers. <laughs> yeah. Have you seen uh, Bruce Timm's uh, Star Wars drawing? No, I haven't. Those look cool. Those would be cool for like a comic miniseries also. I mean, like, I mean you get in the best of both worlds. Batman the Animated Series and with Star Wars characters. I mean, <laughs> how awesome is that? <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, that's like your ultimate dream, right? I know, like, yeah. <laughs> Bruce Timm. Work on a Star Wars. Yeah, we had Paul Dini work on Clone Wars, though. Let's get Bruce Timm involved yeah. in some way. Well, Paul Dini started in television. He didn't start in comics. Yeah. So. I mean, he worked on the Droids cartoon series back in the 80s. <laughs> <laughs> From humble beginnings. <laughs> Did he work on um, Animaniacs? No, not really. I think... Yeah. Uh, did he work on Tiny Toons? I know Bruce Timm really worked on Tiny Toons a lot. That was his main gig. But yeah, yeah. I think Paul Dini might have did some stuff on it, but I'm not sure if he was like a big part of it. I know Paul Dini did the uh, Dungeons & Dragons. Yeah. <laughs> I think, actually, if I remember correctly, I think he wrote the script for that Devil Dragon movie. Do you remember that? <laughs> Devil Dragon? Double Dragon, the one based off the game. Oh, that terrible, terrible yeah. movie. <laughs> Wait, 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 I, I, I gotta, I, I gotta yeah, see if you can verify here. that. <laughs> yeah, double Dragon movie. Might come out like ninety four, ninety three, something like that. Ninety four. Okay, that was Let's a good year for this. video game movies because he had Street Fighter and Double Dragon. <laughs> no, he, no, he didn't. He didn't. Okay. Yeah, let me see. Let me see. Yeah. Uh, okay. Let me look, try to look up Paul Dini. See if he did anything God, terrible. Either I heard him say that, or I read that in an interview somewhere. Uh, hmm, it's not really telling me. Oh, he did He-Man. Oh, really? That was a movie? Yeah. No, no, the TV series. Oh, okay. G.I. Joe. Oh, he did Star Wars Ewoks. <laughs> oh, it was Ewoks. I knew it was Ewoks yeah. or droids. Uh... 
Crypto the Superdog. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I don't think he did Double Dragon. Yeah, why am I getting confused with that? Let's see, I want to say there was some like cheap, low-budget movie that he did. <laughs> well, he did do Animaniacs. Okay. Yeah. Um, Fault no. Uh, yeah, I'm not seeing any. I'm not. I'm not seeing any movies. I don't know if you are. No. Well, maybe he just had his name removed from it because it's so bad. <laughs> yeah, want to be referenced. Did you? Yeah. <laughs> See, who, who wrote Double Dragon? No, the movie. <laughs> that the video game. Um, written by Michael Davis, Peter Gould, and Mark Brazil. Man, you got you need three writers for this movie. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably it's probably why it was so crappy. Yeah, the more writers on it, the less chances of having to be real good. Let's see. Uh, oh, see, uh, look, well, oh, according to the Wikipedia page, it says it was directed by James Yukich, if I'm saying that right, and written by the team of Paul Dini and Neil uh, Shusterman. What? what? Oh, Yukich. And stars... Where are you seeing that? I'm looking at the Double Dragon Wikipedia page. <laughs> yeah, so am I. But it says, uh, the film was directed by James Yukich and stars Mark DeCascos and Scott Wolf as brothers. Mario, is it blah, blah, blah. Yeah, Robert Patrick is in that movie. <laughs> <laughs> Alyssa Milano. <laughs> yeah, well, I guess he did, if you're seeing it. Yeah, I just want to make sure I wasn't crazy. I mean, <laughs> that yeah. he was involved with it somewhat. Maybe he had five writers. <laughs> Double Dragon's clever use of special effects cannot mask the film's overly simplistic storyline and cheesy dialogue. Wow, it actually gave props to special effects. Yeah. <laughs> I find that hard to believe. It's, it's one of the lowest rated video game movie adaptations of all time. <laughs> <laughs> Man, that has some pretty stiff competition with Street Fighter, the Mario Brothers movie. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, oh man, you just reminded me. Uh, Dennis Hopper. Yeah. Didn't he play? Uh, he played Koopa. He, yeah, he played Koopa. Uh, I mean, are you ever going to find a better Luigi than John Lake Wazamo? <laughs> <laughs> or Mario, uh, Bob Hoskins? I mean, I could actually see that, though. Really? He didn't look like a bad Mario. Well, maybe we're. We see two different movies. Yeah, I mean, because... I'm grasping at straws for positivity with that movie, but <laughs> I think he's the one casting that kind of made sense. Yeah. Or um, what was it? Uh, like, uh, Blood Rain. Oh yeah, well, that video game movie director. What's his name? Uh, Uwe Boll. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he yeah, hasn't made see. a new movie in a while. I don't think. Maybe you can't get financing because all those other movies suck. Well, people finally, or studios finally realize that he's yeah, directed it. his movies just go straight to DVD. Uh, let's see, he did um, House of the Dead. Yeah, I know he did what, In the Name of the King. Yeah, Alone like in the Dark. <laughs> Blood Rain, In the Name of the King. Uh, Blood Rain 2, Deliverance. Oh, we got a sequel. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> Alone in the Dark 2, that got a sequel. Uh, Far Cry. You made a Far Cry movie? I don't know if it's based on the video game. Well, let me see. Yeah, it is. Oh, didn't he do one called Postal? Yeah, Postal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's see. Like most other films directed by U.A. Bull, Far Cry received negative reviews. <laughs> most critics saying it does the game no justice. IGN gave the film a 3 out of 10 and said perhaps one day game companies will be, learn to be more p- particular about the directors they choose to realize their products on the big screen. I mean, I wonder what it's like making a movie with that guy because they can't be taking it seriously. <laughs> like, what's it like during the editing process of filming? Like, <laughs> Isn't it kind of campy? I mean, yeah, they all see yeah. it that way. It's like, <laughs> I mean, is it really taking it serious? This is what he wants. So he's like, yeah, who cares? Let's just make these crappy movies because some studios paying us to. Oh, and Blood Rain got a. Uh, it's a Blood Rain trilogy. Oh, because, wow. Uh, in 2010, he released Blood Rain the Third Reich. But <laughs> in the name of the king got a sequel. Oh, and it's a trilogy. Oh man, what if he's building his own shared universe where all these are in the same world and they're all connected? So. <laughs> so what was his last movie? Uh, it's a movie called Rampage. The Capital video game Punishment. one with the monsters. <laughs> see, is a 2014 mass murder thriller film <laughs> and a direct sequel to the 2009 film Rampage. Well, so I guess it's not about uh, the gorilla, the lizard, and the wolf who knocked city buildings down. <laughs> I doubt it. Uh, that, that movie I would see directed by him because that's just going to scream awesomeness. <laughs> Assault on Wall Street, Zombie Massacre, uh, Blood Valley Seeds Revenge. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Man, just these titles alone just make it yeah. <laughs> Oh, man. I mean... If I had a video game franchise, let's say Resident Evil, right? Mm. I would never give it to that guy. Yeah. <laughs> you gotta be like the worst video game franchise to give it to him so it can match the quality of your games because you know <laughs> it's gonna be just as bad. Yeah, like the Superman uh, 64. No, I... <laughs> make that into a movie. <laughs> the Uwe Ball directed Superman video game. The movie. <laughs> I see. Now I want to see that. Yeah, I kind of do. They're going to have the rings that you have to fly through yeah. that are super irritating. Uh, I can't get to Lois. Must <laughs> fly through these rings in time. <laughs> uh, and if they put the spaceship uh, battle mode multiplayer the sequence <laughs> of that movie with Darkseid and Superman on these little <laughs> ships. <laughs> oh, man. That'd be awesome. <laughs> but anyway, to, let's stop talking about terrible comic, I mean, um, video game adaptation. <laughs> let's start the Uwe Ball movie podcast. <laughs> uh, but yeah. And, and um, Jake Gyllenhaal was in one, right? Like okay. a bad one. Was he in one of those Dungeons and Age movies, maybe? No, no, he, he, he wasn't in, he was in a video game movie. Oh, he I was in the Prince of Persia. Oh, okay, Prince of Persia. Which which had a big budget, but I don't think the movie was really good. Let's see. Um, let's check out this movie really quick. So we, we know 100%. Uh, is it called The Sands of Time? Mm, yeah. Okay. 
which had the potential to be like a cool adaption of it because that's what the game was called and the look of it looked just like the game too but yeah well at least it made back his budget because uh, it was like 150 to 200 million mm-hmm. and it made 336 million well, I guess yeah but I'm sure yeah. not as much as they wanted <laughs> I mean I think they wanted to make that into a franchise yeah oh yeah it's rotten on uh Rotten Tomatoes. What's the percentage does it say? Thirty-six. Uh, yeah, not too- it doesn't offer much in the way of substance, but Prince of Persia is a suitably entertaining swashbuckler and a substantial improvement over most video game adaptations. <laughs> Which isn't saying too much when you look yeah. back at the movies we're just talking about. Has there been a good one? Mm. I mean, like the Tomb Raider ones. I. Guess what? I know those aren't regarded too highly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. Pokemon. Hold on. One second. See, I, I like the... Not the Final Fantasy movie that came out in theaters, but the Final Fantasy VII, like, direct-to-Blu-ray DVD movie. I really like that one. That was cool. Yeah, did you know what was going on in uh, that uh, the theatrical one? So, <laughs> it's been so long since I've seen it. I just yeah. remember being bored when I was there. Like, why would even have the Final Fantasy name on there? It was nothing like it. <laughs> <laughs> and what sucks, the uh, creator of Final Fantasy pretty much got fired from Square <laughs> because of that movie. Did really? Yeah. Wow. I think how it works in Japan is like if you have like a big failure, like you don't necessarily get fired, but you have to resign type of thing. Oh, because you kind of like embarrass the company. Exactly, kind of thing. yeah. Yeah. Well, the Pokemon movie, the first movie, um, they got a 14% on uh, <laughs> Rotten Tomatoes. He um, says, audiences other than children will find very little to entertain them. The anti violent message that is pretty much crammed down our throats works directly against the entire point of the franchise. <laughs> <laughs> it was the whole thing about them fighting each other. <laughs> yeah. Well, it was a commercial success. Well, I'm sure it was. Yeah. Well, well, I mean, I guess this was like the, the um, the height of the Pokemon. Yeah, it had to be. Where yeah. it come out like 2099 something like that. Uh, 98. Oh, so yeah, it's like. Oh, 99 was... in in um America. I think 99 was like the height of the Pokemon craze right here. That's when I started working at Toys R Us. I just remember seeing tons and tons of people <laughs> just get in the car, <laughs> the games and all that. Really? Like people would just come in and be like, they just go straight for the Pokemon? Yeah, I remember sometimes like when I'd work Sunday morning sometimes and that's like we'd have the ads go out and like the, and the ads it would say the new Pokemon cards here. We'd have a line outside the store just like on a random really? Sunday. Yeah, as people waiting for the cards. Oh. And... And this was like around Christmas, or no, not even just any time during the year. Wow, we had to put a limit on it, like two packs per customer or something like that. So was it mostly like parents buying it for their kids, yeah. or like guys? For the most part, it was parents for their kids. Yeah. Yeah. Man, I never want kids because I don't want to stand in line. Yeah. Toys R Us <laughs> waiting for Pokemon cards. Uh, well, maybe it'll be easier now because you can just order online. <laughs> oh <laughs> yeah. Hope. Well, Pokemon isn't really as big as it used to be. No, yeah, totally not. Yeah, so. But I'm sure there'll be some new craze later on <laughs> that will be just as big. So, so after Pokemon, what was the the, the the big craze after that? Like, parents would line up for their kids to so so they could buy the thing. 
Well, during my time there, which is like from 99 to 2001, there was yeah. pretty much just Pokemon. There was really nothing else. Mm. That was as big as that. It wasn't like Star Wars? No, you never have lines for that, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. I guess, uh, I wonder if people that liked Pokemon when they were kids, like, I guess around my age, mm. a little younger than you, um, I wonder if they still like Pokemon. Like they, they, they're, they're crazy for it. I'm sure there's still some fans out there, but if not, yeah. I'm sure they're the ones who still like the games and like playing it. But maybe just not. I don't even know if they have this anime series anymore, or if they grew out of that, but still like the games or like playing the cards still. Well, I mean, I'm talking about like Pokemon posters yeah, on their yeah. wall and like <laughs> stuff like that. Like they buy like all the Pokemon action figures and. Uh, watch all the animated series and stuff. I know what I'm sure there's still some out there. <laughs> there's gotta be. Yeah. Sometimes it's hard to let your fandom go. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I I just never got Pokemon. If I'm being honest. Yeah, neither did I. <laughs> well, you're probably too old because you're working. That was 16, yeah. So, but at the same yeah. time too. I know a lot of people my age who are into the games, but I never got into the games because they're good games for what I'm here, like good RPG type games, but never got into it. Mm. My brother had like a phase of it where he did. He actually got the hat that the main character wore, but he went What's on. What's the guy's name? Uh, Ash, I think. Hold on, let me look it up. Pretty sure it's Ash. But he like went on a Disneyland ride and like the wind <laughs> from the speed of the ride blew it off and he lost it. <laughs> yeah, Ash Ketchum. As ketchup, Ash ketchup, oh. <laughs> K like like ketchup both uh, M and the end. Yeah, brother, try to be like catch him, gotta catch him all. <laughs> oh, oh, I see. That was as bad as in Gotham, doll mocker as the name for doll maker. <laughs> <laughs> well, apparently he's a really popular character. Hey, he's like. Other than Pikachu, probably the face of the franchise. Yeah, and I, I bet you, like, you know when they make a new animated series? I bet you, like, that person, like, that new guy or whatever, mm. isn't going to be as popular as Ash Ketchum. Uh, I'm sure not. They should just have yeah. it where Ash is, like, the Pokemon master. Like, there's no one better than him. He has, like, this big, like, tons of Pokemon under his control. Like, he lives in this castle or something because <laughs> he becomes so successful. <laughs> well future Pokemon stories. I'm, I'm kind of glad I didn't get into Pokemon. <laughs> <laughs> all I know is that's probably a franchise that would ate up a lot of your money between the games and the cards and the <laughs> movies and all this stuff. Yeah, do, do, do people still play the cards? Or is is, is that kind of just over already? I, I'm sure there are, but no way is it as big as it was. I know the, the only things that are still big is the games. I mean, the cards probably... I think they still make them, but they're probably nowhere as near as big as it was. Yeah, but isn't, the, isn't it the same game over and over again? I know you would think so, but <laughs> they keep putting them up there, creating I new mean, Pokemon characters. You just catch Pokemon, right? Yeah, and they battle with each other. I mean, maybe it's like the thing where it's like, oh, it's a new Pokemon. Yeah, I mean, that's what they do. <laughs> just yeah. put new ones out there. I remember there was that game Pokemon Snap where like you have to take pictures of them. <laughs> you remember that one? <laughs> no. <laughs> so you just go around taking pictures of people like, yeah you're like on this like little cart on this track and you just like move the camera around on your n64 controller and wait for different pokemon to pop out and try to take a picture and then you try so to how do you win? with food you just gotta kind of get like 
if your pictures are blurry, you don't get a higher score. But if you get like the perfect shot, you get a high score. I think it's all like a score-based game. Oh. Oh, so so you just beat your high record then? Yeah, pretty much. Oh. That was a big title when I was working at Toys R Us. <laughs> oh, that flew off the shelves? Yeah. That one in the Pokemon Stadium, because that was like the first one where you could play on the Nintendo 64 other than a Game Boy where you could actually do battle with your Pokemon. So, like, every kid was waiting for that. I remember that day that came out, they were gone, like, in an hour or so. So, so like, not only that, but, like, the the Game Boys must have been flying off the shelves. Oh, right? yeah, <laughs> big time. That was, like, Game Boy Color was still relatively new at that time. Yeah. A lot of people were getting it for, like, the Pokemon games. Whenever we got those in, though, did, those didn't last long at all either. How would they know, though? I'm sure they'd call in. I mean, sometimes, like I said, we'd have oh. the ads, but a lot of them would just call in. Oh, and like reserve a copy? Before the game comes out, you can reserve them, but when they're already out, no. Yeah. And sometimes you just pop in and you get lucky and say, oh, they have it. It's like, oh, uh, I can't believe they have it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, the, like the toys and like the stuffed animal, stuffed Pokemon, the, those must have flew off the shelves too. I was mainly in the video game department, which yeah. also where we kept the cards, so <laughs> that's all I knew about that went off the shelves. So I don't know about the toys and the stuff happens, but I'm sure they did. Oh, like the D- or the VHS tapes at yeah. the time? <laughs> Man, we're taking, oh, a, we're taking a Pokemon nostalgic trip and we weren't even into the series. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and we're not even talking about the Pokemon series or the video games. We're talking about you working at Toys R Us and yeah. <laughs> all the stuff flying off the show. That's my exposure to the Pokemon fandom, just being in Toys R Us. <laughs> <laughs> But I guess we can go back to our regularly scheduled program of the show. Oh, man. No. <laughs> I'm sorry. We got to move on from Pokemon. Something. <laughs> but we can move on to our conversation with Alex slash listener feedback section. Oh, it's my favorite part of the show. It's our favorite part of the show. Our favorite part. So like we always do, we always start off with Alex because Alex was our first uh, listener to write in. And he's been consistent for... Years, years now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we could say years now. <laughs> Quite a long time. Um, what well, he says, hey, Timmy Time and the Bad Fans, Pants, Last Revolution. <laughs> well, that's really that's really hard to say. Awesome cover art and retro- retrospective on the Dark Knight trilogy. I agree with you guys that Nolan incorporated the best bits of Batman and made fantastic films. Personally, they're the only superhero movies I rewatch other than the DC animated entries. Not to say that the other movies are bad, but I think I'm starting to get burned out by superheroes. Even though the Nolan films are fantastical, I like that they tried for some semblance of plausibility. Although, I guess that doesn't explain why I still enjoy the animated features, since those are even more outlandish. In in any case, I'm happy with with how these superhero movies are having an impact on kids. Did you see those pictures of Chris Evans and... Chris Evans and Chris Pratt. Yeah, I just realized they're both named Chris. <laughs> There's a lot of I Chris take... in the Marvel Universe. you got Chris Hensworth, too. Oh, yeah, that's right. Taking pictures at the Children's Hospital. Those are phenomenal. Yeah, that was cool. And then you had uh, Robert Downey Jr. doing that uh, thing with the kid who didn't have his arm and gave him like, a new prosthetic arm that was like the Iron Man uses. So, like, they're doing cool stuff for all like the young kids who are a fan of those superheroes in the Marvel movies. So, hopefully... Once uh, the DC universe, movie universe kicks off, they'll be doing the same thing, too. 
Yeah, I guess uh, DC needs to get on that, or Warner Brothers needs to get on that sort of community service kind of yeah. thing. How cool would be to have Henry Cavill and Ben Affleck, Gal Gadot, for the young kids? That'd be awesome. But uh, Alex says, "I'm disappointed, disappointed to hear that Birdman wasn't so hot." You know, Alex. I mean, just just go and rent it because maybe you'll like it. I didn't really like it. I just thought it was a bunch of BS. Like, like uh, Michael Keaton just complaining all the time. <laughs> Uh, he he was good in it, but I mean, it, it just wasn't my thing. Um, I was really looking forward to seeing it. There's still plenty of other Oscar-nominated films that I haven't seen, so it's not a big deal. You know, I almost rented uh, the Theory of Everything. Okay. Because I haven't seen um, what's her name? <laughs> Felicity Jones. Yeah, Felicity Jones in anything. And you got to see her now. That's she's gonna be in Star Wars, though. <laughs> yeah, but, but I was reading the reviews that that were saying it was boring, so I was like, uh, I'll just watch the trailer. <laughs> I know my parents saw it, like their one outing to the movie. <laughs> oh, I sure they would see that one. <laughs> they said it was good, but oh, they said it was good. Yeah. yeah. How's uh, Felicity Jones? Did you ask? Yeah, my mom really enjoyed her a lot in the movie. Yeah. And I saw. Um, it it wasn't Oscar nominated, but um, uh, J. Jonah Jameson got got like the best supporting actor award for the yeah. for the movie. I saw uh, Whiplash, mm. a good movie. Uh, I would recommend that one. Um, and the new Supergirl's in it. Oh really? She is. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I can't remember her name offhand, but um, she's only in it for like ten minutes. I thought you were gonna say time. ten seconds. I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's like the guy meets her, and then, like, oh, they start. It's it's like a going on an, on a date slash getting to know each other montage, mm-hmm. and then he breaks up with her, uh. and then she's out of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but he says, uh, uh, the only one I saw was the Grand Budapest Hotel, which was the best film that I saw of 2014, albeit I barely watched any. Oh. Uh, for some reason, I thought he, he he was saying he barely watched any uh, Grand Budapest Hotel. Uh, I was like, how do you know it's good, man? <laughs> <laughs> I can understand Tim's disappointment of the snobbery against blockbuster movies, but do they really need an award? Those movies make billions because tons of people are watching them and don't need more advertisement. So I say let the babies have their bottles. <laughs> yeah, and another thing about that is... Didn't blockbuster movies make Hollywood <laughs> what it is? I know. I mean, it probably Jaws, here, yeah. Jurassic Park, Star, Star Wars. Wars. <laughs> yeah, I mean, awards, yeah. I mean, if they don't get any, not too big of a deal. But uh, the thing that disturbed me this last Oscars was the jokes and the poking fun at those type of movies. Saying, oh, there's too much of them. And then hearing people who win the Oscars saying, oh, they're like ruining hollywood as we know it and we're being overrun with these type of movies like ah pipe down your movies wouldn't be made if we <laughs> those movies weren't financially right. successful yeah it's the same thing with uh people that say like hollywood doesn't have any original ideas and yada 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 they're just repeating themselves over over and over again but i want to say to those people is like how come when there's a new idea like a new idea for a movie or whatever you never go and see it you, yeah but you go see thor 
You know, or you say it's too different and too out there. <laughs> like, like, yeah, it's like, oh, it's finally an original idea in in Hollywood. Nobody's gonna see it. Nope. Yeah, that's why we keep getting reboots and like <laughs> sequels and sequels. But I mean, if they're good, who cares? But I mean, the, yeah. the thing I have a problem with is like remakes of like older movies that don't really need them because we're seeing like a lot of like eighties type recall. movies. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Like it's not even that long ago. They don't need to be remade. Like I, I think. Uh... Logan's Run is going to be remade. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, you know, I'm surprised no one's tried to remake Jaws yet. Well, you can't because it's you a perfect movie. You should it, but yeah, I'm just yeah. surprised that some studios executives have to say, you know what, let's bring back Jaws. Let's update it with the effects we have now. We could do some crazy stuff with that shark. Maybe like a sequel or something? If anything, that. But yeah, I'm yeah. surprised that's a franchise that hasn't tried to be revitalized yet. I mean, they're trying with Jurassic Park. Exactly, yeah. So... That's more recent than Jaws too, so Yeah, it looks good. Mm-hmm. I mean I'm still curious to see if it's the whole I mean I like the premise of you know, the parks actually open, there's people there. I think that looks really cool, but the whole thing with this like genetically engineered modified. dinosaur. Yeah. Like shouldn't they be smarter than this by now? Like that's the only thing I have is like is it just gonna be one of those type of things that you're thinking, you know what? They really went through this. They should have known not to do that. So, we'll yeah, so, so you know what? Don't bring back dinosaurs. Yeah. <laughs> because the last three times you did it, it ended terribly. Yeah. But I have to say, it does look cool seeing Chris Pratt yeah. controlling some raptors, and the raptors are part of his team. <laughs> yeah, and I think Chris Pratt is like one of those actors that, I mean, kind of like how, how I was talking about Chris Nolan. Mm-hmm. He's kind of like one of those actors where he can have like a even like a small bit part in the movie and I'll go, I'll go see it because I, I just like him so much. Mm. Yeah. I seem like he's going to be like the go-to actor for like these type of like blockbuster action movies. I mean, he had success with guardians. Now he's doing uh Jurassic park and there's rumors about <laughs> I mean, speaking of remake, remakes. Yeah. Indiana Jones. Indiana Jones. Well, I mean, Harrison Ford isn't going to do it anymore. Right? Oh yeah. Um, and he better not be flying any planes anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Seems like wherever he goes, he gets hurt. Yeah, like, please don't. <laughs> that was kind of scary. Oh man, it was totally scary. Yeah, because I I got the the um, alert on my phone, and, and for some reason, like, I guess there was a, just a miscommunication or something. But it said he was in critical condition. Yeah, that's where a lot. And I was of, like, wow. Yeah, a lot of outlets were saying critical. When you see that, it's like, oh man. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh. Great, he's never going to walk again now. Or worse, he's going <laughs> to not make it. Yeah. <laughs> no, that but, was weird. But I mean, apparently, like, he, <laughs> he, he, he walked away from the accident, and he was fine. Yeah. I mean, he, he had, had like, some surgery on some stuff, but like you said, yeah. he did walk away from it. Yeah, which which is a good thing. And if you're going to crash a plane, uh, or if you're going to have a plane malfunction, you know, do it on a golf course, because there's a lot of doctors yeah. there. What's cool is, is everyone's saying how great of a pilot he was because if a lot of people were saying how if it was pretty much most instances where this happens, the pilot doesn't survive. They crash and like there's major damage. Just, yeah, because his, his engine cut out or something, yeah. right? Did you hear the audio of him like calling into the like the tower? Yeah, it's only like a couple of seconds. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like surreal kind of hearing that. <laughs> and it was like – and he doesn't sound all mumbly. No, yeah, you could tell he was definitely concerned, but he was in control still. <laughs> he was definitely concerned. The whole <laughs> world was concerned. Yeah. <laughs> and that plane he was flying, it was almost like it was from Indiana Jones, like an old World War II type fighter. Yeah, yeah. Man, 
Yeah, that was scary. But... Oh, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> um, where did I leave? Oh, okay. I agree that Dane needs his own sitcom. <laughs> Every intro should be changed up. Simpson style with Dane running out of the store with a different DVD and lingerie item. <laughs> also, every holiday, the exe- executive should switch up the background Zodiac alert signs, sirens with jingles. <laughs> well, that's, I love that intro idea. <laughs> it's like their couch gag, but you have a different DVD or lingerie item. But of course, Alex has questions, uh, which is the best part of his emails. Uh, wouldn't you agree, Tim? Oh, yeah, totally. Especially yeah. these ones. <laughs> yeah. The first question is, what would be the plot of the pilot for Dane's inevitable series? <laughs> oh, man, what would you want to be the pilot or plot for your TV series, Dane? <laughs> I mean, you have a lot of experiences to choose from. You can go, like I said, going into a Walmart, buying a DVD and some <laughs> lingerie items, or cutting your foot up by... Dropping the knife after cutting, <laughs> what was it, Apple? Yeah. Um, let's see. The, the, the plot for the pilot would be me sitting down doing nothing, not holding a knife, cutting an apple or anything, just sitting there doing nothing because it seems like I just can't do that. I always <laughs> got to hurt myself or, or embarrass myself. Uh, that's... <laughs> That's the description of the Seinfeld series right there. Nothing. (laughs) (laughs) Or it could just be you gearing up for a podcast. Or the whole episode could just be of a podcast. A half hour sitcom where it just shows you at your computer or laptop or whatever with your headset on just talking. Or or here's even better. This is what happened to me today when I was driving home from work. Uh, I... Get into my car, start the car, and I drive. They close the they, they close down the road because they're shooting Hawaii Five O, mm-hmm. which is great because it's a one way road. <laughs> How fun! Uh, and they're releasing cars every five minutes or so, or whatever, ten minutes or something, five ten minutes. Finally, get through. Uh, there's traffic. There's crazy traffic because they they shut down one road and clogs up the rest around it, right? So. I uh, get on the highway. I'm driving. We have this highway that goes kind of parallel to the mountain. You, you know, you go up the mountain and you go through the mountain through tunnels. And I get out the other side, and the, it, 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 it's a two-lane highway. And I get on the other side, and there's a big truck, like a moving truck, and a bus. Talking both like going pa- almost parallel to each other, so we're going 25 oh, and a 45 all the way down. Oh man! Until it breaks into three lanes. I uh, see. We're already getting plot ideas for a whole season of your sitcom already. <laughs> see, so that's going to be the plot of the pilot, Alex. <laughs> oh man, that sounds like a series that'll last for years. It'll get picked up like that. Yeah, it's going to be like. Uh friends or (laughs) (laughs) i gotta be a supporting character though yes like you you only hear my voice you'll never see me. yeah yeah that's what i was about to say (laughs) you're gonna be like wilson and um (laughs) in uh home improvement yeah (laughs) except you don't even see a part of my face or the fence that would cover my face (laughs) (laughs) 
but his second question is, what will be the plot for, of the pilot for Tim's unlikely spinoff? <laughs> I'm just kidding, Tim. Uh, how come I can't get a spinoff? <laughs> so, so what will be the plot for your spinoff, Tim? It should be like, uh, would it be one of my worst nightmares or a dream I actually had where what if I got an advanced screening ticket to The Force Awakens, but all these things prevented me from going to see it? Small little things. Or it, I actually had a dream where I actually got a ticket for it. I was in the theater, but I, all they kept showing was nothing but trailers and trailers oh. and trailers. And it was like, man, when are they going to start the movie? Like, and it was like one of those dreams where like it felt really, really real. Like this was it. I've seen Star Wars Episode Seven, but then as it started, or, or it's like you, um, you you go to the movie theater, you buy your ticket, but it's cheaper than the other tickets, and you're like, wow, man, I got a deal on this. Yeah. I'm, I'm just gonna go in, and, and uh, the theater is packed except for one seat that's behind a big pillar. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that actually might have been worse if, because in the dream, I, the ne- movie never started, and I woke up without seeing anything from it. <laughs> but if it was playing, but I was behind a pillar and couldn't see anything, I think that'd be worse. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, there was one movie I bought a ticket for. Uh, me and my girlfriend at the time went to go see it. Uh, the Perfect Storm. Okay. And <laughs> with with uh, everybody's fear for Batman, George yeah. Clooney, and uh, the theater was packed, so we had to sit in the front and look up, like, straight up at the wow, screen. Man. See, you just gotta walk out and wait for the next showing or something. Yeah. Like that. And, and and there was another time uh, that movie uh, Signs came out. Okay. The one with Mel Gibson and Joaquin Phoenix, mm-hmm. and um. Uh, me and my friend, we go in to the theater, and every seat is taken, so we have to sit on the ground for the whole what? The whole movie. <laughs> like on the aisle or like up front on the ground? Or... Um, because it's not like, like a fire hazard if you're sitting in the aisle. <laughs> yeah, but I, I don't think the movie theater ca- uh, people care because. <laughs> You know how like movie theaters are now, where you walk in the door and then you walk up and then you turn right or yeah. left, uh-huh. and there's a seat. We're sitting in that that walkway going up. Okay. At the very top. Okay, gotcha. <laughs> yeah, that that was pretty bad. Yeah, like that, those are the times you gotta walk out. <laughs> yeah, well, my, I mean, my legs fell asleep, so that was pretty. <laughs> that was pretty terrible, but. Um, that's it from Alex and um, thank you Alex for always sending in your emails we always like reading them sorry there's a siren behind me when I'm thanking you but <laughs> well, you know. that can only mean one thing what does that mean? it's time for Mike's email because the police are looking for <laughs> oh yeah they're looking for Zodiac but first we have to tell Alex that we love him right? Yeah, so that's how we have to close out every conversation with Alex's email. Yes. So Alex, we love you. And thanks. And we always look forward to reading your emails, man. But now we can move on to Mike. Or, uh, I think we should call him Zodiac. Or Z for short. Yeah, Z. <laughs> uh, uh, Zodiac says, Hi guys, another stellar episode and nice theme song. Dane, is the Taco Bell tune your ringtone? <laughs> no, it's not. It's I think just it should the, be. <laughs> it's, it's just the greatest Taco Bell commercial of all time. Yeah, when I first saw it, I was like, oh man, what commercial was this from? Yeah. <laughs> I 
I've seen a lot of Taco Bell commercials over my time, but <laughs> that was yeah, it's, it's from like the 1970s, and it was like I love that that song got stuck in my head. Taco 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 Bell. Yeah. <laughs> How could I not? Yeah. So we have two episodes with Taco Bell intros. <laughs> hey, it's the best intro. It, I mean, it fits perfectly with our show. Yeah, totally. I actually just had that for lunch yesterday. Oh, you did? Yep. What did you get? Four tacos and a cinnamon twist. Pretty oh. much my usual. Is that enough for you? Uh, usually. So I could oh. have five sometimes, but I usually stick with four. And either nachos or cinnamon twist. Soft or crunchy? Uh, crunchy. Okay, good. Because um, if, if you buy the 12-pack of tacos, mm. uh, you usually can't eat it all in one sitting. Or if you do eat it all in one sitting, you, you probably want to go to the hospital. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But, um, yeah, if you get the 12-pack, don't get crunchy tacos because those things don't sit very well. By the time you get to the 12th one, it's like, it's like Yeah, soggy. it's like soft, yeah. You kind of have to wrap it like a, how you do the um, the soft tacos. Wow. <laughs> yeah. I'll Mike says, that. oh, what? I said, I'll remember that for future yeah. <laughs> I just saved you money right there. Too. <laughs> you saved me a hospital bill. <laughs> uh, he says, the Dark Knight Legacy featured topic was very interesting, as I have also noticed the growing negative comments on the internet. I remember seeing Batman Begins and sitting there after the movie had finished and thinking that I, I've had an item on my bucket list ticked off. I got to see the Batman movie I had always hoped for. While it wasn't as popular popular as i had expected it did pretty well people were still crying over batman and robin it's been 20 plus years people let it go <laughs> but once the dark knight hit cinemas people really jumped on the i've always loved batman or christopher nolan is the best director ever bandwagon that is definitely true <laughs> yeah but i mean that that's kind of not a bad thing because I mean it's it, not, but it, the, it, it brings more fans to the comics, right? Yeah, but it just gets annoying when you hear people saying you know they're not really like hardcore fans try to pretend to be. <laughs> like, oh yeah, so 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 Tim, I've really 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 liked uh, uh, the Ninja Turtles since I was a kid. Exactly. You know, yeah. <laughs> me, me and the Ninja Turtles, we go back a long way. I remember. I remember watching that Vanilla Ice one yeah. <laughs> and um, picking up the, the, the comics by um, uh, uh, man, it's right on the tip of my tongue, Tim. Come on, you're a diehard fan. You should know. Uh, <laughs> um, God, who, who was it? Uh, can you give me a little hint, Tim? <laughs> what the name of the creators or the name of the comic studio that put him out? The name of the creators. One begins with a K, and last name ends with an E. Just, just tell me their names. Tim. Okay, I thought you just wanted a clue, but okay. <laughs> Kevin Eastman and Peter Laird. That's it. It was right on the tip of my tongue. It was right, <laughs> it was right on the top of my head. I could have nailed that if you didn't say anything, Tim. <laughs> <laughs> exactly what I'm talking about. People like that. <laughs> no, no. Um, I don't like the Ninja Turtles. <laughs> well, you should, because they're awesome. They're not. Yes, they are. If you're reading those comics right now, uh, you'd be a big fan. They're they're that good. It's that good. Yes. No. You're no, so nice, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> um, 
But uh, Mike says, I think that is the biggest problem with the trilogy. People put it on such a high pedestal that after The Dark Knight Rises came out and didn't give all these supposed fans what they wanted, they sort of rebelled against it and started to look for things to dig at. Yeah, you see, at the end of The Dark Knight Rises, that was kind of like, wow, I mean, this has been a hell of a journey, man. This is a great experience. Yeah. And, you know, I'm fine with it. Totally. I mean, yeah. You knew it was going to have an ending before going into it, so you knew it was going to have some type of closure, and what everyone wanted to see Bruce dead or something. <laughs> yeah. Um, but he says I personally loved Rises. I think it was a great ending, even if it wasn't the most Batman thing. Why can't Bruce have a happy ever after and not have a typical Nolan mind twist ending where he was probably dead the whole time? Exactly. I left the cinema and had to hide the tears in my eyes. It punched me right in the field. <laughs> <laughs> wow, Mike was crying. I know he wasn't the only Batman fan who cried during that movie. Well, there's people around me that were crying. So... I never never actually seen anyone cry when I was in the theater, but just seeing people's reaction like on Twitter and all that stuff. So if yeah. they're to be trusted, yes. <laughs> I know a lot of Batman fans cry during that movie. Hold on, I'm just imagining Mike crying. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Yeah. As for the question on will it last the test of time, I say yes. These are the movies that change the way people looked at comic movies. So you would never never get Avengers or any of the current movies if it wasn't for them. And that should earn them eternal respect. Well, Ben Affleck's version will probably probably be awesome. And people will say it's more comic book accurate. It will have an uphill battle to be as deep as the Dark Knight trilogy. Hopefully, it is not much, not so much a popcorn movie like the Marvel movies. And give me the same feeling I had when I left the cinema 10 years ago. Also, what is comic book accurate? There, there's been so many interpretations in the books that anything is valid. What is the, what is the definitive comic Batman? Is it Frank Miller's Dark Knight Returns? Not for me, it isn't. And if you say any of his other books in recent years, <laughs> you need to, <laughs> you need to hand in your Batman membership card. Is it Scott Snyder's current run? Nah, not really either. What I am getting at is people who say their fans need to be open to anything and love everything that has come before and not get stuck in the current attitude of out with the old and in with the new that seems to be common on the internet comment sections totally agree (laughs) yeah (laughs) all right yeah there is going to be no definitive version of batman that's amongst the masses views as definitive i mean each has their own definitive version but when it comes to movies i think for comic accurate what I take it as is just as far as being not so like grounded in like realism, kind of like how the Nolan movies were going for, like where you can use any villains that you want, and as long as like the feel of it kind of looks the same tone as the most Batman comics had, and just the looks. I mean, like you said, Batman's had several different costumes on there, so. But I think the general look of Batman is either the gray suit with the black cape and cowl and gloves or them being blue. I think you consider that would be comic accurate instead of kind of just a plain black armor or rubber <laughs> suit that Nolan, I mean, uh, Bale had and then Michael Keaton had in the, the Burton movies. So that's kind of what I get from comic book accuracy, like using the villains, like more like fantastical ones and have them be more into the interpretations that they were there and just the look of Batman suit and other characters in general. Yeah. It's different for everybody. Um, 
just because Tim said what he said doesn't mean you have to agree with exactly. it or <laughs> hit every single point that he, you know, made a point about. But uh, for me, it's, you know, borrowing stuff from the comics, but maybe reinterpreting it to make it your own kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, did, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah he, he did it perfectly. Um, and, you know, yeah, the bat suit wasn't blue or whatever, or the ears weren't big enough, Tim. Uh, <laughs> that's that's still what Affleck's costume has too. The ears too. I'm not seeing it now. <laughs> yeah. Um, and Mike says, and finally, if you complain about anything with Heath Ledger's Joker, other than there wasn't more, you need your head examined. <laughs> yes. That performance was mind blowing, and deserves all the praise it receives. The scene where he blows up the hospital is awesome. It's shocking and fun at the same time. Perfect Joker. As this email was a bit long and ranty. Probably not a word. It's a word I, in my dictionary. <laughs> yeah, I will leave out the usual US-Australia chit-chat. Oh, that's the best part of your emails, man. <laughs> we didn't get an Australian history lesson this time. Yeah, it's like, what else are we wondering about Australia? We got movie actors covered. We got bands and musicians covered. Some wild animals covered. We got the way the drive. Yeah, cars. Some restaurants. Uh, Australian sports, maybe. Yeah, Australian sports. Baseball's coming up. So, what sports coming up in Australia right now? What's what is the cricket? season right now? <laughs> is it cricket? Yeah, soccer or uh, football. Uh, how popular is baseball in Australia? That's what I want to know because I know they have a team in the World Baseball Classic when they have that. Really? How does it do? They actually did pretty good this last tournament. I think they made it to like the not the semifinals, but the round before that. Oh, what's his name? Was Australian um, Balfour? Yeah, huh? I know. Like Mike Piazza when he played was on the Australian team. And really? Why was he? Jason on the Australian really was team? on their last team. I mean, is it just whoever no, else joined? No, not. Uh, I'm thinking of the Italian team. Yeah, I'm sorry. Oh. Yeah, the Italian team made it further last year. Okay. Yeah, I don't think Australia did that good. I'm sorry. <laughs> You're right. Not in the first round. Yeah. <laughs> um, maybe soccer. You know, can can you explain, Mike? Please, can you explain the rules of soccer f- to me? I I still I uh, I've had people explain it to me. I still don't get it. I don't know anything about soccer. <laughs> yeah, me neither. That's why I'm asking because I mean, if you know, <laughs> Mike, if you know, you yeah. Been. Or even cricket, because I heard cricket games can go on for like days. Really? Yeah, because it, it's like baseball. There's no time time uh, limit. Days? <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah, well, I guess we'll look forward to the answer to that in the next. Yeah, time. yeah. <laughs> and, and and tell us about life in Australia, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But Mike uh, ends his email with "Catch you next bat fan time." And he signs it Zodiac, or Zod, for sure. I think he probably wants it to be meant as Zod. <laughs> no, no, Zod. General Zod. It's because it's not... It's not... <laughs> it's not Zodiac. Yeah. It's Zodiac. But when you say Z-O-D, you automatically think Zod. <laughs> um, is, is that it for our email? No, we got emails from oh. Mark and Corbin, too. Yes, okay. Uh, is um, is Mark's... Oh, first off, Mike, Zodiac, Zod. 
<laughs> Just got to get all of them out there. Um, thanks for email. We always appreciate reading your your, your emails. Dang, why was that so hard to get out? Because <laughs> you said so exotic. Yeah. <laughs> we always appreciate your email, so keep on sending them in because we like reading them. And we love you, right, Tim? Yes, we do. With all our hearts. With all our hearts. But now we can move on to Mark. Uh, Mark's email. He says, hey, Dane, I've been out of the Marines for a little over seven years, and I'm still Marined out. No, so I guess... I mean, I'm an, I, I was never even in. <laughs> I've heard that. I hope your girlfriend's nephew enjoys the experience as it really helps young men get ready for the world. Anyways, sorry about my last Uber jumbled email. I wrote it really fast and didn't proofread. I actually don't believe Jean-Paul Vallée is the Arkham Knight, but it makes sense in a way. He was Batman and did a good job at taking down the bad guys, despite his visions and going crazy. I can't wait for Arkham Knight to be to be released, and I'm happy about the mature rating. I tend to like violent games, and I'm also curious why the game received the rating, since its plot related it. What? Since its plot related it should make for a great plot moment. Does that make sense to you? Yeah. Then? Okay. Plot related, it should make for a great plot line. Boom. Oh, he just forgot a, a thing. Thing. <laughs> Are you wearing? You're not wearing your glasses, Dane. <laughs> yeah. Um. Uh, where was I? Oh, yeah. Well, anyway, I mean, I, I tend to like uh, mature rating games not because they're violent or they have sexual themes or whatever, but because uh, the developers don't have to hold back and can give us what they want. They 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 want us to experience not. You know, a, a sort of uh, cheap inversion of it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like I said on our last episode, as long as it's like a reason for it, and not just we always oh, get more gory and violent to push the envelope for a Batman game. No, it's really like Mark said on his email, plot related. So there's a specific reason why it has that M on the box. So yeah. yeah. Like you said, I just feel like, I wonder if we're watching or playing the game and we see that one cutscene that makes us go, oh, there's the M rating. <laughs> That's yeah. why it's rated M right there. <laughs> Uh, but he says, Tim, I understand your point of view on people crapping on the Nolan trilogy. I think a lot of it stems from a little Christian Bale backlash after he complained about not being contacted for the new role. See, I think about it goes before role. that, actually. Oh, it was? Yeah, well, at least I think it was, but, but maybe so, I mean, that's, a, it. that's an interesting uh, comment, though. Did, did people really get mad at Christian Bale? I'm sure there were some, but yeah, I mean, because he always said he wouldn't come back unless Nolan did it anyway, and so it was kind of like, yeah. since he was, Nolan's not doing it, you weren't expecting Christian Bale to, but now kind of him saying, oh, you, it's kind of weird for him seeing Ben Affleck in the suit or someone else in the costume and not being contacted about it. It's like, I don't think he'd come back anyway if Nolan wasn't there, so who knows how people took that. Well, then Mike goes on to say, I mean, uh, Mark was on this <laughs> I did that on Twitter too. I called him yeah. Mike instead of Mark. One day oh, Mike, these. Mark. They both sound the same, so it's, it's hard to tell. Um, but I think we should just call uh, Mike Zodiac just to separate it. <laughs> now we have a good reason to, so we won't be yeah. confused anymore. Um, Mike says, um, 
Uh, he also had those remarks on Batman, Batman existing only in a real, real world and Superman wouldn't coexist and so on. I think some fans took this wrong and took to the internet to voice their opinions with the uh, with the anonymity of the internet voices of discontent voices of discontent are louder than reason. People are doing the timely crapping on Nolan's Batman. Uh, the Nolan Batman will stand the test of time as one of the best Batman stories ever told. I'm looking forward to the new Batman as it will fit much better in the DC comic universe. They'll be able to do more with Batman having having him in the same world as Superman, etc. Batman trilogy is some of the best movies I've ever seen. Finally, I finished Hush. I almost said Hulk. Hulk. <laughs> yeah. Finally, I finished Hush, and it was just amazing. The art was great, and couldn't and I couldn't put it down. I'm getting caught on Batman's I'm getting caught up on Batman to get ready for the continuum after the Convergence event. I started reading Grayson, uh, the new 52, and it's a great comic. I highly suggest people check it out. Great podcast, and have a great week. Thank you, Mark. I don't know why I just can't get past the whole storyline and reason for Grayson. It's just holding me back from reading it. <laughs> I know Corbin says it's good. Mark is saying it's good. Other people are saying it's good. Uh, I'm... I'm I'm probably being a baby about it, but I just can't get past the whole thing of how it went down and why he's doing that and why he has that title. No, I don't ever get over it. Yeah, you're not alone, Tim. Yeah, <laughs> you and me. <laughs> so, so don't worry about that. Uh, but uh, thank you, uh, Mike, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> I'm ready. It's not working. <laughs> yeah. Can we just call you Mike, Mark? <laughs> Yeah, do us a favor and legally change your name to Mike and make our lives so much easier doing this podcast. <laughs> Thank you, Mark, for sending in your email. We always uh, enjoy reading your emails, like uh, Mike and um, and uh, Alex. We so just keep on. Up. <laughs> yeah, we enjoy messing your name up really bad. Uh, or we got to find something different for you, Mark, because... <laughs> I mean, can, can we call you Mark Tiberius Lemke? <laughs> Where's the Tiberius from? I don't know. Okay. This is Star Trek. It actually doesn't sound bad. Yeah, Mark Tiberius Lemke. Yeah. Yeah, it sounds good. It's like James Tiberius yeah, Kirk. Exactly. It's, it's perfect. It's funny if it's really his middle name. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Or can, can we call you uh, Mark Lemke from the Atlanta Braves? Yeah. Or, was he like a second baseman? Yeah, he was a second baseman. Yeah, second baseman. Mark the second baseman. Yeah. Or something. Mark Lemke, the second baseman for the Atlanta Braves from the World Series Championship of 1995. <laughs> that full name, that's what we're going to call him. <laughs> um, yeah, th- uh, thank you, Mark, uh, for sending in your email. We always really enjoy reading it. And like we tell Mike and uh, Alex, we love you, man. Yes, Very sir. You're part of the group that we love now. <laughs> okay, so I guess we can got we, we can go on to this this I don't know this guy named Corbin. <laughs> uh, See, before it was unfortunately Corbin. Now this guy named Corbin sounds like a good <laughs> name for it too. <laughs> this guy named Corbin. Um, but but we do need to uh, th- think of a nick uh, a nickname for. Uh, well, we already have one for Corbin which is Corbin Dallas Poole. We already have one from Mike, which is Zodiac. 
we need one for Alex and um, uh, Mark. Yeah, hopefully they can email us for our next episode with some suggestions if we don't think of anything. Um, well, you Alex did call. Rodriguez. You do, I was just about to say that we did yeah. call him Alex Rodriguez like a year or two ago, something like that. Yeah, so Alex so, Rod. We'll call him A Rod. We got A Rod and Mark Lemke, two baseball players. Well, yeah, we do, but I don't know. The whole Mike Mark thing is kind of screwing me up. <laughs> uh, what we call Mark? Um, what can we call him? Have a Mark Hamill. <laughs> get much better than that if you ask me that's good but it's not quite there uh, Mark. <laughs> yeah Marky Mark that's a good one and then you'll uh, you'll make us weird transition into acting <laughs> yeah, before you know it you'll be starring in Transformer movies yeah <laughs> Uh, but uh, yeah, uh, why don't you read uh, Corbin's email, Tim? I got this guy named Corbin's email. I got it. This guy named Corbin. <laughs> he goes first. His uh, email header says, "I checked out my review of the Bat Fans on iTunes, and I thought it was pretty funny. I haven't seen it yet. I know iTunes is slow to post posting reviews up, so <laughs> that's neither did I. I mean, I, I I've been checking this whole week, and I haven't seen it. Yeah, well, hopefully." By what well, we're done finishing recording this episode, we could check and see what's on there. But if not, we're calling you a liar, Corbin. <laughs> but he says, Dane, I'm sorry, but you are flat out wrong about Dr. Pepper. It's been by far my favorite drink since I became a diabetic. They had the best tasting diet drinks, and now with Dr. Pepper 10, I'll never need anything else. I drink that stuff like a boss. You know what? Because we were talking about it last podcast, I actually had Dr. Pepper for the first time in years i don't remember when it actually does taste really good <laughs> i forgot it does? how good it tastes yeah maybe it's one of those things that you you can't drink um uh, every day but you can like wait yeah. maybe like a couple of months and you go back and you drink it and it tastes good that's true yeah you should give it another shot because i actually really enjoyed it when i I was at Arby's. I'm going to be different again, Dr. Pepper, instead of my usual Pepsi. <laughs> you know, it's funny that you mentioned that because I only used to drink Dr. Pepper when I went to Arby's. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. It's yeah, like, it's I really weird. I only drink wild uh, cherry Coke when I'm at Subway. For some reason, it goes good with my sandwiches. <laughs> uh, I don't like Subway, so that's it's kind of gross. You don't think so? No. I, I never yeah. thought so. What do you get? I either just get... Uh, their cold cut combo or their sometimes I just get a plain old tuna sandwich or roast beef or their uh, like oven roasted chicken sandwich do you get the 6 or the 12 inch depends how hungry I am usually it's a 12 inch <laughs> but sometimes I just go with the 6 when I know isn't it like every every Monday there's a like $6 6 inch yeah, yeah so some day of the week <laughs> some yeah. it's like 4 bucks or 6 bucks something like that do they have a kids meal over there hmm? they do yeah they're actually, they just give like tote bags. It seems like <laughs> with their kids' menus. I remember when Green Lantern was coming out. That they were the fast food chain that was promoting the movie. And yeah, like, really? I got my brother. I should get some of those Green Lantern bags and stuff that they have, or save the cups. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so what what do you get in there? I don't know. <laughs> I just oh. see those bags hanging out in the restaurants. It's kind of like uh, uh, when Taco Bell used to have their value. Me- I mean, their kids' meals. Yeah, man, they don't have those anymore. That's right. No, um, I remember because um, they 
I think it was the Phantom Menace, or was it the... It was only Phantom Menace they did the tie-ins for. Oh, because I thought it was like the uh, special editions, the re-releases. Oh, I know, that's right, the special editions. I thought you just meant with the prequels. Out of the prequels, it was only... Yeah, the special editions, right? Yeah. I remember they had like the Yoda Yoda, uh, head um, bust, and they had the Darth Vader, and they had the Death Star. And I remember going to Taco Bell just for those toys. Remember the contest they were having, the Field of Force, where you'd put like you'd take off the sticker on the cup and then you'd put it on your forehead, stick it on there to reveal what you want. Well, uh, yeah, and you had to <laughs> like warm it up or something. Yeah, to reveal yeah. your prize, which of course was nothing. <laughs> yeah. It's like the Monopoly at McDonald's. Yeah. Like, you're never gonna win anything. There's like only it, two boardwalk pieces out of the whole country or something like that. <laughs> maybe you'll get a free like McFlurry or something. Yeah. <laughs> Small McFlurry, but I think I got a free bag of fries one time. That's about it. <laughs> really? Yeah. Like a small fries? Yeah, of course they're small. Yeah, it's like a small free water. It's <laughs> <laughs> our bathroom. No questions asked. It's <laughs> like our room when, um, was it the Batman or was it, is that the Batman or um, Brave and the Bold? Uh, McDonald's had the toys. Yeah, uh, and uh, I would go there and buy two Happy Meals, and those actually fill you up. You know, it, it's it's actually surprising. You wouldn't think that they do, but they do. I was like, wow, I don't think it's all right now. <laughs> yeah, but they do. Only if you get the burgers. If you get the four chicken nuggets, yeah. <laughs> you're not going to be filled up on anything. So. That's true. It'd probably save you a little bit of money too. Kids' meals yeah. are usually cheaper than most value meals. So. Yeah. But Corbon, Corbon, I was Corp- talking. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that something from uh, Taco Bell? Corbon Taco or El Corbon? <laughs> <laughs> Corbin continues on with his email saying, I'm with your feelings on comic book TV, Dane. I haven't come across a live action show that I like. Flash seemed good, but I don't watch it. Big mistake. Flash has been awesome, especially this last episode. Real yeah. cool stuff. It says DC Strength is in their animation, and they need to bring that to the CW instead. Yeah, I'm kind of burned out on the the live action stuff. Uh, I, I don't, Arrow, I could see the season, but uh, Flash has been an awesome, best live action show on TV, or at least comic yeah. book wise, hands down. I'll take your word for it, Tim. Yes, <laughs> please do. He goes, and much more. I'm much more excited about the new titles than you guys seem to be. I'm not so worried with Gleason taking over Damien. Manipal and Bouchelado have done well in Detective, and Clunan on Gotham Academy. DC seems to be putting more stock in their artist writers as they keep proving themselves. I feel like with Arkham Knight, the signs point to Hush. It was heavily hinted at him playing a role with Scarecrow in Arkham City, and we haven't seen Hush at all in the trailers for the new game. That's a good point, too. I didn't think of Hush too much, and there was that little side quest where Hush shows up and was kind of left on like a open-ended where you didn't really get resolution to the story. So that could be a good call too. Or, or what if it's like a, it's a woman. They, they do the mask of the phantasm thing. Hey, hey, you know what? What if it's Andrea Beaumont? That'd be awesome. Mm. Or, or even like the new, uh, the, the robo, the robo bat suit. What if it's a woman? That'd, yeah, that'd be a really interesting turn. Yeah. Well, they have to change it to Batwoman, <laughs> the title. <laughs> well, well, I mean, it looks like a guy in the suit, so. 
Yeah, but it's a suit. I mean, it could be a woman in there. Yeah, yeah. Just like yeah, uh, the yeah. first Metroid game where everyone was shocked when they found out Samus was a girl. Yeah, that's what I was saying. Like, um, they wouldn't have to call her Batwoman because she looks like a guy in the suit. Mm. So, you know what? That's a really, really good twist to that. It could be, yeah. Yeah, because I know how uh, women are always talking about how uh, females aren't really well re- represented in comic books. So, so what if the arguably the biggest superhero right yeah. now is a woman? Kind of like Thor. Yeah, that's a really good theory, actually. A good point. I almost want to see that. Yeah. I mean, if they did that, I would be happy with it. Yeah, only thing I ask, don't keep us in the dark too long with it. <laughs> I mean, oh, yeah. Maybe two issues keep the identity a mystery, but by the third one, let's find out who's behind that scene. <laughs> find out it's like i don't know some chase chase meridian oh, <laughs> silver so saint many, cloud so many other female batman characters could be used in that role but not chase meridian <laughs> who was who, who in all uh, batman and robin it was uh, julie madison they actually yeah, julie madison took yeah. her from the comics and put her in that somewhat role <laughs> and they, yeah, they did Marty nothing with her Bruce, yeah yeah <laughs> uh, but anyway, Corbin continues in this email with his continuing story of the Dark Knight trilogy sequel. He goes, Damien and Shiva and Deathstroke protege and would be called Ravager. Him being torn between him would take place throughout the series. Bruce finally gets through to him at to the point of Batman and then views that as his rightful place. He takes the name of Robin in honor of Robin, John Blake, the previous Batman who gave his life for the city. Damien has a red, black, yellow, and green costume. Much like his current costume, but with an Al Ghul flair to it. Dick Grayson's costume is much more colorful, but still resembling the realistic realistic armored look. It'll be gray and blue with a yellow utility belt instead of black. Also, the gang tension would be shown in the beginning with the terrorist groups interrupting, and then we in the arc, and then we end the arc by taking out the gangs and Black Mass James slash James Jr. Jason Todd makes sense as a spy. Tim, face it, it's good stuff. <laughs> Again. I don't know if I'm ever going to get over that. You guys keep telling me it's good. One of these days I might crack and start reading Grayson again. But as Aragorn said in The Return of the King, it is not this day. (laughs) And he goes, Dugan's Mr. Freeze is more fun and more enjoyable than Snyder's, but it's no heart of eyes. Uh, I'm sorry, Corbin, I have to disagree on that one. (laughs) Mr. Freeze in Arkham Manor is the worst Mr. Freeze I've seen in comics recently. Just doesn't fit him, him cracking jokes and being all happy. Hey, speaking of hard advice, I mean, the Snyder's Mr. Freeze, is my time almost up for where I could stop saying it's better than hard advice? No, I told you, it's for life. No, we never agreed on life. <laughs> okay, for the next, uh, uh, t- until the next um, World uh, Series, World Series oh. yeah. We can even do a Super Bowl one if you want. We could, but I probably won't be paying too much attention to it. <laughs> I mean, you just got to figure out who wins. Yeah, I guess. And you just pick a team. There's only two of them, so. <laughs> it's more fun when it's a sport you enjoy, though. Yeah, I guess so. And hopefully I'll be going with the Yankees this year, but I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> it says, I haven't heard Snyder say that he was going to have a definitive answer for Joker. I've actually heard the opposite. Okay, Tim, wait. Hold on one second. Um. We can do two things for the world. I mean, not the World Series, for the baseball season. We can do who finishes with a better record, the Yankees or the A's. And we can do the World Series winner. Uh, that'd be good. Yeah. So at least our teams will be involved some way. 
Yeah, yeah. It's not it's the the Giants and the Royals. Yeah. <laughs> we'll have to do that when the season starts in just a few weeks, two more weeks. Yep. He goes, maybe we're going back to Snyder saying he's not going to have a definitive answer to Joker. He says, maybe he's messing with us. Maybe he's the Joker giving us fake origins to mess with us. <laughs> he actually had like the emoji symbols of like an ooh on there. <laughs> like an ooh face. Yeah. And with that, I got to go. Just remember, I love you guys. P.S. The outro music was different and it threw me off. I liked it. The song was pretty jamming. Who was that anyway? Oh, it was uh, a song called Broke by uh, Modest Mouse. Okay. Yeah, I was originally going to put it in the beginning, but um, there's uh, swearing in the song. I mean, there's only two words, but um, and we do have the explicit tag, so. You know what? Why do we have the explicit tag on <laughs> I, don't I don't know. know. <laughs> I mean, we haven't said anything that was like, close to a swear word, was it? I don't know what the reason, even from the beginning of the episode, we never swore or anything like that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, for some reason we're explicit. Well, I, fi- I, I, I figured I'd use it to full effect and yeah. uh, <laughs> put that Modest Mouse song in there. Have that parental advisory label on their, on our podcast, like CBS. Yeah. <laughs> so why do we, do we swear? <laughs> Is our sensitive subject matters that we always discuss? <laughs> Oh man, if we talk about Toys R Us again, or yeah. <laughs> uh, um, Taco Bell, you know. <laughs> That's it, it's Taco Bell. It's too explicit, you know. <laughs> but as always, thanks for the email, Corbin, and your continuing story for the Dark Knight trilogy that continues to unfold with every email. So, uh, with that, I think that closes out our listener feedback slash conversation. Well, I mean, I, I, I guess my love for Taco Bell could be considered explicit because man i it's like a second woman (laughs) i don't want to explore that anyway (laughs) taco bell is my uh secret lover i've been cheating on my girlfriend for about since we got together uh and my mistress is taco bell there was a Simpsons episode that was kind of like that, where Homer is like he's cheating on Mars, but it's with these pancakes that he keeps. Yeah. <laughs> he actually, takes it to a whole re- hotel room, and then like he's behind the curtains, it looks like he's making out with it, but he's just eating it. <laughs> yeah, that that that's that's what I do with my Taco Bell. Yeah. I don't eat it at home. I rent the hotel room. Yeah. Uh, that was a fun one. <laughs> one of the few later episodes that was really funny. Well, it's not funny anymore. Uh, Simpsons, unfortunately, it's not nowhere near what it used to be in the nineties. Yeah. Was was uh, Conan's uh, episodes any good? Oh, his was the best. <laughs> like that oh. era of the Simpsons was its high point. Did he write it himself? He or always. Like I mean, he gets on certain episodes. He gets the single writing credit, but he always says it was like a group that put the episodes together. So he never really takes full like credit for it, even though yeah. it's listed as him. But... That's cool. Yeah, I don't think it's ever going to reach that high point again. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, I mean, it's kind of like uh, it's kind of like Taco Bell in a sense, because like I remember the first time I ate Taco Bell, and I don't think I've matched it yet. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> uh, oh man, do you remember the first time you had Taco Bell? Because no. I know. <laughs> 
I remember the first time I had an Outback Steakhouse. <laughs> I don't, um, because I never went there. You never went there? Nope. I remember because we had to, um, uh, this was when I was younger, and uh, we had to, we went in looking for a table, but the place was packed, right? Mm-hmm. And so what we ended up doing was just ordering food and taking it out oh, because, yeah. I don't know, for some reason, Outback has a takeout. And uh, we, we ended up just going to the beach and eating. So oh, well, That's definitely a memorable way to experience it for the first yeah. time. Yeah. Especially because you're not in the restaurant. <laughs> yeah. And uh, by the way, um, the California water is cold. Yeah. <laughs> I don't you're know rather- if you're You'd rather it be boiling hot. No, I mean, over here, it's fine. I mean, it's perfect. It's not too cold. It's not too hot. But uh, California water is like jumping into ice water. <laughs> we need it to be cold because it's always hot over here. That's why. <laughs> it is hot. Oh, yes. We never well, had a winter this year. At least it isn't muggy because we're um, humid in yeah. California. We have some humid because... days, but not too much like i'm sure you have <laughs> well i mean it was like today it was it started pouring a lot it was really really pouring and before you knew it the sun came out and it was humid and it was like oh man it's like it's like the kind where you just get up out of your chair your back is soaking wet it feels like your clothes are wet like you put them in the dryer but they didn't dry very yeah. <laughs> that's what it feels like so, uh. Anyway, yes. <laughs> I guess our weather uh, review. Yeah, with our weather report done from Hawaii, <laughs> California. I guess we could move on to our comic book reviews. All right. As always, spoilers, spoilers, spoilers for our discussions on the, this episode's comics, which are going to be our Batman Eternal recap 48 and 49 and Detective Comics number 40. And so, Dan, we got to think of a good rating scale. What should it be this one? Uh, nicknames from Mark. Okay, nicknames for Mark that we haven't come up with, or <laughs> nicknames for Mark that we were thinking about giving him, but can't decide on which one. I'm sure I'm not going to remember all that, but I'll give it a shot. The <laughs> <laughs> so, Batman Eternal issues 48 and 49 for entering the home stretch here, thankfully, <laughs> and because 48 was still more of a filler issue to me, and we're picking up where Hush gained control of the Batcave. He has Alfred trapped in his cell where he was in and then like the bat family members are going up against several villains like bane mr freeze and some um, other ones clayface and batman's trying to make his way back to gotham the issue starts with bard now suddenly he wants uh, bat or the mayor to release gordon out of prison because i believe the last thing that got to him was batgirl interrogating him and i, I really don't remember too much <laughs> as far as why i just remember batgirl getting involved and making him release Gordon and then Batman showing up telling like they'll do much worse. Uh, see, they made a threat, but it wasn't really a threat. I don't remember. It was a while ago. But anyway, Bard has a change of heart. He wants Gordon released, but the mayor won't do it. And so we see in the cell that a penguin's getting a call from someone to have him take out Gordon. So this issue is mainly just going back and forth between the Bat family members fighting the different villains and Hush taking control of the Bat computer kind of... Uh, putting hold on their suits and like their communications. He shuts down their suits. He uh, shuts down the communication where they can't talk to each other. And then we see uh, a breakout happening in prison that Gordon gets involved with again, which we already saw before. And 
pretty kind of early on in Batman Eternal. But uh, then we see uh, Alfred's daughter, Julia, getting making her way back into like one of Batman's uh, kind of like a safe house where he has access to or not Batman's, it's actually Red Robin's safe house where he has access to the Bat computer, And she's able to make her way there. And then we see Stephanie Brown trying to convince Vicki Vale to publish the story of the information she knows about the real threat of what's going on and who's behind all of this. But Clue Master gets involved and he takes Stephanie Brown through a window hanging from his helicopter. <laughs> That's the last we see of her. And then the last we see of the issue is Gordon taking out some bad guys, but then he gets confronted by the Penguin and some of his thugs. So not too much going on in this issue. Like I said, it was mainly more filler and set up to the eventual finale and stuff that's going to happen in issue 49 and beyond. So this one, nothing too much really. I would just give this one two out of five nicknames for Mark that we tried to come up with, but couldn't. So 49... This one was actually a little better. Some stuff actually happens and had some cool moments. I particularly like Gordon in this one because we see him mess up penguins and his supposedly muscle that try to outmatch Gordon. But Gordon's a better fighter and much more smarter than these guys were. So he outsmarts them, takes them down, and then he's able to separate himself from them by throwing Penguin into a cell with him and then just locks it from the thugs and starts just wailing on penguin which was pretty cool to see kind of it was i love seeing gordon kick butt so it was a pretty awesome moment for him and then we see more of the bat family members trying to deal with clayface bane and mr freeze where we left off from issue 48 but julia is able to gain control over the bat computer from Huss. she's able to reestablish communications and reactivate their suits because some of them have like off, like off switches that prevent them from doing anything. So she reactivates them. And then the big thing really is that, oh, and also a cool moment too, kind of like Gordon messing the penguin. We see Alfred kick some butt too, <laughs> taking out Hush. I mean, he was in his prison cell, but he was able to get out once uh, Joe was able to get control of the back computer. And he just knocks Hus out from the back computer and just starts wailing on him too, <laughs> which was pretty cool to see. Like Alfred and Gordon, characters... You know, they're awesome characters, but we don't really see him in action too much. So it was cool to see them both have their moment. And then the issue ends with uh, pretty much Batman making his way back to Gotham City, helping out the Bat family members. The first one he goes to is Red Hood fighting Bane in a robotic suit, which doesn't look very cool at all. But it was a pretty cool moment seeing Batman come back into action to the Bat uh, the Bat Jet and about to face off against Bane in this suit. So, you know, Batman's going to over power bane pretty easily if it's especially if it's based on his technology he know exactly what to do with it and then the only other uh, point that was in this issue was stephanie brown and with the clue master clue master trying to get her to join saying oh i didn't know you were this good if i would have knew you were this competent i would have had you join me from the start but she declines and kind of messes up uh well, not really messes up his helicopter but she just gets off from being captured and then he just has this disappointed look on his face as she escapes so that's pretty much the gist of issue 49 this one has some cool moments like i said with gordon and alfred that i think made it better than issue 48 but still nothing really great or phenomenal to write home about so i just give this one three out of five nicknames we try to think for mark but couldn't come up with and I will say, issue 50 came out this week, but I didn't have a chance to get to my comic store to read it. But it does reveal the big mastermind behind the whole Batman Eternal storyline. And I did read who it was. So Crazy quilt. Almost. <laughs> really? It's on that level, really. 
It's just some some calendar man. Almost. Here's it's actually. No, no, wait, wait. Okay. Uh, Batmite. <laughs> you what? Know, I I would actually really like that. <laughs> uh, wait, don't don't tell me yet. Okay. Um. James Gordon Jr. No. But Not it is someone who was in the story though already. Dang it. Uh. Gorilla Grodd? No. <laughs> I'm hoping for his big comeback. Uh, anarchy. No, I think that'd be too close since he's got his own story in Detective to have him revealed to be in Batman Eternal. Yeah. Zaz? No, not Zaz. Uh, uh, man, I'm running out of people. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh... I don't know who is it, Tim. Someone I already mentioned. It ends up being Clue Master the whole <laughs> time. Clue Master. My other my other choice is gonna be Dollmaker. Yeah. <laughs> Not Dollmaker. Dollmaker. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, so when I found that out, I was like, yeah, really I'll give him this. It's one I probably didn't see coming as it being someone who was in this issue, but then you go, Really? Clue Master? I remember from issue one when it started out with the first pages, Bruce on uh, Bruce, <laughs> I can't even say his name. Bruce, like tied up, uh, I believe he's like tied up on a like tower in Gotham City, all bloody, and like the city is in flames, and it's just in destructive chaos. I and mean, we're going to see that in the next three issues because there's only three left. But to know that Clue Master was behind all this the whole time is like ah, I don't know about that. And after all the red herrings we got, Rachel <laughs> Riddler, Hush, and Falcone and Penguin, all these characters. That's why I don't like these year-long stories. They have all these red herrings that don't add up in the end, and it ends up being a character like Clue Master. And, I mean, I haven't read it yet, so right now it just seems unbelievable that Clue Master would be able to come up with all this stuff to bring down Gotham and Batman. So Not a good payoff. Yeah. I mean, we'll see how it all wraps up, but to be honest, I'm just kind of waiting for it to end. <laughs> So only three more left, and I already got the big reveal for one of the three. So we'll see how the last two end up with Batman Showdown against Clue Master. So we'll find out. But continue on with Detective, and a much better story arc recently was Anarchy. And I'll just say off the bat, the ending probably didn't live up to the story that it started off with, because it just kind of felt a pretty standard revenge story in the end, because as the last issue ended up, ended off where Anarchy took Mad Hatter and started, brought him to this old house that Batman and Bullock were investigating. And then this issue begins with Anarchy just wailing on Mad Hatter, start beating him up. And it's all because he killed his sister, Alice, and they've kind of had a history in this house that was for children. So Mad Hatter would have someone take kids from this house and deliver them to him to, you know, play out his fantasies of the Mad Hatter and Alice in Wonderland. And he'd end up killing Anarchy's sisters. What started this whole thing. And it just kind of felt that what was built up in the other issues was that Anarchy had this, there wasn't this whole revenge thing. It was just a plan to cause chaos amongst Gotham, but not really doing it in a way that was for his own personal gain, just kind of to prove a point, which set more like a, lived up to the name Anarchy than for him just to have go out and have revenge because Mad Hatter killed his sister. I mean, of course, you have a family member died. It would probably be natural for a villain to want revenge, but for what they set up in the previous issues, it just seems like it was going to be bigger than that. And it turns out that we get the 
identity of him to be Sam Young, that politician who Bullock tried asking for some more information on those kids that ended up being him, which it wasn't too big of a shock. But I will say what makes this issue was more interaction, not only between Batman and Bullock, but Bullock and Alfred, because they're trying to, they found out that uh, the anarchy mass that a lot of people have in the city are filled with Mad Hatter tech and Bullock's trying to locate the source and try to stop it. And it ends up being Mad Hatter's hat. And then seeing Bullock, just his reaction and having him, uh, his conversation with Al- Alfred made for some good dialogue. That was pretty funny. So, but there was one moment in there where I felt out of place where one sequence to see Alfred in the Batcave talking to Bullock, walking him through what he's finding. Then all of a sudden we see him out in the mob that's about to riot against the police. I mean, they're trying to stop this riot from happening. See Alfred go there in one of the anarchy masks to try to calm everyone down that this isn't a revolution. Like, you already have your freedom. There's no reason to do this. And it fails. They throw, like, a bottle grenade of fire at him, and he just goes into the Batmobile. Like, okay, that didn't work. Like, I need that frequency from you, Bullock, to shut this off. So this felt out of place where Alfred's one minute in the Batcave, then he just decides to go out to the city to try to calm him down, which he knew wouldn't work in, like, a we knew it didn't work. So that's something necessary to send out a place. So um, everything gets wrapped up pretty neatly. Batman stops anarchy and Mad Hatter's Batman saves him from killing Mad Hatter or saves Mad Hatter from being killed. And they all go back to the cells and Bullock gets uh, treated for his wounds at the hospital. And the one thing where it kind of left the teaser for um, the person who was um, anarchy in the previous continuity, Lonnie, um, the orderly from the hospital gets him back his belongings and in there is the anarchy mask kind of setting up that he might take over the role eventually. Then the issue ends with Bruce and Alfred kind of putting up Christmas lights on Wayne Manor and that kind of the conversations that they started off with earlier in the issues, how Alfred wants to see a Gotham city that doesn't need the dark night. It just reminded me of some of the conversations Bruce would have with Alfred and Rachel in the dark Knight trilogy about a time where Gotham city won't need a Batman. But of course, of course, Bruce won't have that. He just answers to my saying, yeah, maybe. Then the next page is just a nice splash panel of Batman just swinging over the city of Gotham. And with uh, Francis Monopole and Brian Bruciato's art, it looks amazing. So that throughout this series and their whole run remains a constant, beautiful, beautiful art. But overall, the story was good. I probably like the Icarus storyline a little better. This one, the ending just felt a little too generic and didn't have a nice payoff, I think, to but could have been a better anarchy story and his motives for being a villain. So I'd just give this one three and a half out of five nicknames for Mark. We try to come up with, but with no success. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I was, uh, I was just looking through, uh, uh, video games and you mean my review wasn't captivating you. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you said it, it wasn't that good. So. <laughs> right when I said that at the beginning, yeah. Okay, no need to. <laughs> like, oh, okay, I can pass on this then. I said uh, it wasn't but, as good. I didn't say it wasn't good. <laughs> but, man, there's like nothing I'm seeing that I'm kind of into. Yeah, not like I said, big game this year is going to be Arkham Knight and then Star Wars Battle. Yeah. It's like this, uh, what is this one called? Uh, Bloodborne? It doesn't. I've seen ads know. for that everywhere. Like I'm sick of the game just by seeing the ads. Yeah, well, hey, it doesn't look too good to me, but maybe that's just me. Hey, but and, guess um, what game I'm finally going to be starting next? What? Tomb Raider. I'm finally going to be playing it. <laughs> it was on sale for the Xbox One, so you know what? I'm going to get it. You finally got it? Yeah, so I'm going to start that probably tonight. Or even like this game, 
the order 18 oh that got bad reviews yeah that one doesn't look too good either it's like an alternate london alternate timeline london or something we just move away from like these vampire slash like monster type games this thing is all they're doing now in different time periods supposed to make it look different and also zombie games because there's this game called dying light and it doesn't look too good to me it looks like you just run away from the run away from the zombies all the time so sick of zombie games and just zombies in general (laughs) Yeah, so yeah, I'm not. Well, at least I'll save some honey. Yeah, to save it for Arkham Knight. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, yeah. So sorry, I got distracted. <laughs> I'm sorry, I couldn't hold your attention. <laughs> it's all your fault, Tim. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but that's gonna be the episode. Should I handle the outro since I started it? Or... Yeah, you can do it if you want. All right, I'll just let you say the "I love you" at the end. Okay. <laughs> So, as always, you can check out The Batman Universe at thebatmanuniverse.net and on Facebook, facebook.com slash thebatmanuniverse, and on Twitter at batmanuniverse. Then you can follow me and Dane on Twitter. I'm at timg311, and Dane is at Dane Says Banana. And then also you can rate and review us on iTunes, where we're, if Corbin's review comes up, we should finally be at 12. So <laughs> we'll see if we finally get to our even number if that review ever goes up. <laughs> And then also, if you want to send any emails like Alex, Mike, Mark, and Corbin, you can send it to batfanswithoutpants at gmail.com. And check out check us out on social media at facebook.com slash batfanspodcast and our Twitter handle at batfans27. So with that, that's going to end episode 79. And Dane, take it away with the I love yous. Okay. I, I, I love you, everybody. Or t- Tim and I both love you. So if you're ever feeling lonely in this world, just remember Tim and Dane, two people you've never met love you right Tim yes oh, every day always there's a freaking siren <laughs> that's not the way you want to end I love these with a siren going on <laughs> I know uh, anyway yes. goodbye everybody we, we we love you see you next time see ya Sunday